Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 45. That means it's a big show, because that's what we do on the fives. Rock and roll. This is our big proto-slasher special. I'm Dave Z. Let me bring in the Norman Bates of Horophilia, Mr. Brandon. How are you, sir? Hello, hello. (laughs) I don't remember Norman ever saying that. (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock called... Anthony Perkins masturbates on set the whole time. Are you serious? Yep. At least that was on the B, and I read that as an interesting little <laughs> fact. So yeah. for this show, I would like you to call me masturbates. Okay. I'll see it, if I can do that. Looks like you've done it three times today already. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Get this glazed look to him. No wonder my beard is <laughs> sticky. It looks like a crispy oh. clean donut. <laughs> oh, gross. And this other guy here that's, that's cracking wise. The guy who last week was vindicated by something Texas Chainsaw. And today, I am going to put him back in the doghouse for something Texas Chainsaw. And Christian, how are you, sir? Doghouse my nuts. I'm great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, you want to know why you're in the doghouse? Oh, I get Okay, throw me. <sighs> great answer. Um, <laughs> how many shows of postmortem were you on? Can you, can you just venture a guess? I think 20. Okay, so 20 fucking shows you worked with Oz and you were not able in those 20 shows to teach him <laughs> that, rest in peace, that Toby Hooper's name is not Tobe. I don't, think, I don't know if we ever did a, a Toby Hooper film. So it never, I don't <laughs> think it popped up. I'm sorry. I'm, well, I'm super sorry. You should be. <laughs> you should be. And I have to blame you because I'm not going to blame poor Oz because, well, let's face it. He's that on the show, and I don't really want to bust the, the guy's balls too hard. But How am I going to get blamed for... I'm not even on the show, and he's the one that said it. How is he not getting blamed, and I'm getting blamed? Because I can do that to you, and I can't do that to, to us. I don't want him to get pissed at me. You, so I'm going to blame you. You did it to us, though. I saw the Facebook feed. There's another connection between Texas Chainsaw and Christian. What? Yeah. Okay. I was going to save it till we get to the review, but since... Much like Franklin... Christian is our fifth wheel. Oh. <laughs> Leave Franklin alone. Cocklock and his own sister. Leave him alone. Listen, I watched Texas Chainsaw documentary after documentary. I saw Gunnar Hansen. I saw uh, Bill Mosley, Plastic Plate and All. I saw uh, Edwin Neal. <laughs> I saw everybody. Marilyn Byrne. I saw every single person. Kim Hankel. Everybody. We, we watched the movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> refer to the man as Toby. Nobody calls him Tobe. But yet... Only I, his really close friends call him Tobe. Oh, that's it. I think it's oh, Tobeth. Okay. I think it's Tobeth Hooper. Tobeth? <laughs> I think that's his like, Hebrew name. Tobeth Hooper. Shakespearean. <laughs> he might be the next host of uh, Postmortem. Is this a what? chainsaw I see before me? <laughs> he likes the movie. He might bring in Tobe Hooper to, to co-host it with him. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Those are, uh, those are cinema attack jokes. Right? You're, you're an exploding yeah. heads now. You leave cinema attack out of this. <laughs> we got to talk shit about everything. Cinema attack, post-mortem, who else? Let's just motherfuck everybody on the network. Oh, TGI no. We're not 13. saying anything bad about post-mortem. TGIF 13. Hey, yeah, there'll be another right show out before this one hits, that's for sure. You know what the hardest part about for Vince is? Fitting in. 
It's because he's so big. <laughs> Indeed. Brandon. In my dreams, he is. <laughs> <laughs> See? There you go. All right. We better not fuck around too much because this is a big show here. This is we, We're talking about proto slashers. Now, what's the reason we're talking about these movies today? Because we're doing our big show, episode 50, the top 50 slashers. We've been watching slashers all year. North, American, difficult... North American slashers. North American. Yeah, and that's part of it. I mean, <laughs> when we start. And Canadian. <laughs> 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 Fucking Americans. Honestly, as much of a joke as that is, I probably do have to say that as an American because we don't really learn geography too well here. <laughs> well, that's, so you're we talking learn... for the folks in like Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. We're very big in Alabama. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'll listen so, right after I get through fucking my sister. <laughs> you know, we might have some Southern listeners here, or people from Alabama. Yeah, well, I'm not, that, that, and that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. We got to talk shit about them too. Why not? I, I'm coming off like we're always nice to all our listeners and all our, you know, our peers and everybody else. We're not nice to anybody, really. Not if even you guys, If you guys had it your way, you'd kick Alabama right out of the fucking United States. What are you fucking getting? It'd be 49 <laughs> states done. Well, the world needs ditch diggers too. Is that a Caddyshack joke? Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> From the same guy. Ted Knight. Yes, Ted Knight. Yes. Who was in Psycho? Ted Knight was not in Psycho. Yes, he was. He's the cop who opens the door at the end to give to let the other cop in to give Norman a blanket. Get the fuck out! What? Yep. I did not know that. I remember learning this like a while ago. I forgot who told me this, who said it, but I went back and I looked in the in the uh, credits of Psycho. It might have been Toad Hooper. (laughs) (laughs) But. But I remember I was saying to myself, somebody plays a cop at the end who has like no lines, but somebody who's a well-known actor. And I, I looked it up and it was uh, Ted Knight. That's like I'm Dana sure. Carvey being uh, the kid in uh, Halloween 2. Oh, right, right, yep. <laughs> he doesn't say like just wow. nods at the reporter. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. If you can't get an answer, get an answer anyway. Or whatever. If you, can, if you can't get permission, yeah. get a statement anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway. Back to the matters at hand. The reason we're doing this proto-slasher show is because these movies, some people are going to consider some of them slashers. And we've had this discussion before. We don't want to leave any stones unturned when we do our big slasher show. A lot's going into it. That's why we covered Jallos on episode 40. That's why we're doing protos now. We want to discuss about these protos. And the four movies that we're covering tonight are Psycho, Blood and Lace, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Intruder. The Intruder, right? Is it singular or plural? The Intruder. Yeah. Just making sure. There's so many different movies. Intruder, Intruders, The Intruders. You know what I mean? So (laughs) that's what we're doing. We're covering those movies tonight. We're going to explain why these are, why we feel they're proto-slashers. We're going to explain what we feel in the movie contributed to the the whole slasher subgenre. Yeah. And that's about it. And we're calling the app Night Night, of the Proto-Slashers. Ted Knight of the (laughs) (laughs) Proto-Slashers. I forget about the notch, Ted. Top notch. Top notch. Now, is it just Ted or is it Teddy? I, I believe it's Tobe Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tobe, I got to stop. The reason I had to say that to Oz is because I felt bad for the co-host. I'm a, I'm, I'm a very compassionate human being. When I hear somebody getting their balls busted and it's undeservingly and, and, and they're the correct person and someone else is messing with them, I genuinely feel bad. You know what I mean? So when the, uh, Christopher, I think, the other co-host said, 
Toby. And I said, no, no, it's Tobe. What are you talking about? I was thinking, I don't think it's Tobe. I feel bad for this poor bastard. So I had to come to his defense. Nothing against him. I love how Dave even puts himself in the third person in that conversation. I don't think it's called this. I feel bad for him now. Let me Facebook message the group. <laughs> yeah, Everwing. Yeah. Let me Everwing it. And we tossed around different ideas. Before people blow their balls on the fact that those are the four you picked, yeah, we talked about doing M. You know, Fritz Lang's 1931M. We talked about doing Peeping Tom. We talked about doing Night of the Hunter. We even tossed around Alice Sweet Alice. There's a, a fucking bunch that we could have chosen. These are the four we went with. Yeah, even some really old ones like The Lodger or um, And Then There Were None. I like that this is a mix of two really popular debated slasher slash proto-slasher films in Psycho and TCM. And then two, I don't want to say lesser known, well, pro, well, Intruder certainly lesser known and we'll get to that one later on but blood and lace didn't even dawn on me until i think you brought it that suggested that one dave and uh, i thought it was a great choice so i I like the mix versus doing all the films that have been covered before absolutely yeah no one's covered we know no one's covered the intruder because it's been missing for 40 years it just got released like last month yeah just got released last month so hopefully we can you know shed shed some light on it it's gonna be on your 2017 list dave Yeah, it got released today. Best actor, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Top 10, here we come. Yeah. Now, hold Mickey, on. Yeah, Mickey Rooney's his favorite male performer of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Have you guys seen those two? Well, obviously, nobody's seen Intruder. Have you guys seen Blood and Lace before? I had not. I had not either. I bought the Scream Factory, and it finally gave me a reason to, to watch it, so... So this is great. Two movies that we've all seen several times, yep. classics of the genre, and two movies that we haven't seen. So it's going to be an interesting show. I, and I have a revelation, I think, tonight, too. What? Yeah. Ooh, I got a what very early in the game. Ooh, wow. It was oh, not speaking Ted of... White what? Oh, no, not Ted White. Ted Knight. Ted what? <laughs> Ted White, Ted Knight. What are those Ted Ted White, I said. What the it's Tobe White. <laughs> That's going to be the joke the whole night. So, Oz, if you're listening, we're just busting balls at this point. Yeah. He's yeah, probably so. turned it off at this point. These fuckers are going to never let me live this down now. To be what? or not to be, Hooper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be or not Tobe? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever one-up me again. <laughs> Oh, fuck's up. Get me out. Oh, it's my. so easy when you set the bar right down here. So easy to one-up, Christian. Oh, you guys are hurting my feelings. No, no I'm, I'm just you. kidding. Dave's singing again. I know. And we yeah, wanted I'm, a little bit of music in this episode. Yes, you gotta have some. And you know what? See, at least we're having fun talking about Toby Hooper, where a lot of podcasts right now, it's a very melancholy thing. You know what yeah. I mean? So at least we... Happened to get a timely joke. I mean, he happened to mention Toby Hooper and the Tobe thing. And I listened to that episode two weeks ago, you know, and it was recorded before the passing of Toby. So, you know, that happened and this just happened. Don't blame me now. I didn't say anything on the air. Don't you motherfuckers blame me on this one. No. But Can least... I give you guys a quick trivia question? Sure. What sure. was the record that was on Norman Bates's record player in his parlor? It's Beethoven, E R O. S A or something like that or E R O I S A. Oh, I didn't. I didn't need the record. You, you're partially right. It's not Beethoven. It was actually Beethoven. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Beethoven <laughs> Bell. Beethoven <laughs> Bell. Now he's one up in me, Christian. <laughs> you guys should keep setting him up for me. I'm just, you know, I'm holding the bat. So, do we want to talk about proto slashers just a little bit and what? Because there no, there is no real definition of proto slashers. We looked it up on Wikipedia. It does not exist. I you can't even find a definition of proto slasher. If you no. type it into Google, they'll give you. Everybody has their twenty-five list, the ten best unseen, this, that, and other thing. And there's lists that are like, okay, th- those are good movies, and I can understand them. Like there are lists that had M, and then and then there were none on there, and then there are lists that. Also contained movies that I had even heard of before, and Which I think list had none on them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that was terrible. woo, woo. Yeah, so much for no fucking around show. Should we start over? <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there to no fucking around. Almost. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of lists, and you know, we chose the four because we quite frankly think that these are four great examples. The Intruder was something. New based on the fact that it just got released now. It was lost. As some call it, quote unquote, a forgotten slasher. It actually says proto slasher because I own the movie and it says proto slasher on the back of the disc. Really? It says 1975 lost proto slasher. And we've had arguments. That's great to see. So perfect. So it's a proto because it's they literally on release. Self described. So and we argued this because, you know, some people have argued if a, a proto is a prototype of, of a style, then what becomes the actual official first slasher some people will say halloween we decided it was black christmas yeah we did much to my chagrin but it's the truth it is the truth it has the most elements that 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 we saw going forward so proto slashers in essence to my definition now this is just what i'm saying that proto for prototype there's things that eventually came to be what, what was known as a slasher little pieces little you know parts of the film that we would see later on, but combined. Like, yeah. a slasher has them all combined, where these movies just have maybe an element of that. You know, that that's how I look at it, that they're prototypes. And, again, we've discussed this uh, privately and online with people saying, well, if if you're calling Black Christmas the proto-slasher, or pardon, if you're calling Black Christmas the first slasher of 74, then how, how can a movie in 75 and a movie in 76 be proto-slashers? And this is my answer. You guys, you know, take it the way you want to take it and have your own explanations, if you will. I just, what I feel is that just because Black Christmas is being credited as the first slasher doesn't mean that a movie that came out after isn't going to still be the exact same style as a movie released in 72. They're not aware of Black Christmas, maybe. They don't, they're not doing it. So they could still be proto-slashers, in my opinion. Maybe I'm not saying it the right way, but you guys... No, that makes think- that makes perfect sense. And I also think that because there's no strict definition... I mean, we're listening to people who are defining this is the first slasher, this is the first slasher. And I know it's not always about the timing, but if you're recognizing whatever year the first slasher is, everything before it is not technically a proto if you personally recognize it as a slasher. Like, we're going to talk about The Intruder... And it's close to a slasher. It's listed as a proto, though. It's pretty close to a slasher, though. Yeah, it is. It is pretty close, but so are all these movies. Texas Chainsaw is close to a slasher. See, and I never got that with Texas. No? I never See, got I that used, with Texas. I, used I, to I argue have, for yeah. It. I used to argue for it because of uh, teenagers being picked off one by one. Now, the reason I don't think it's a slasher is because this is defense. They are coming to them. Leatherface isn't out stalking and searching to kill people. Leatherface is inside the house, 
and people keep coming into his house. And he's only doing what he knows to do. To him, Self-defense. Are... Get out of my house. <laughs> They're going to steal my skin mask. <laughs> I mean, what do you guys think? Texas Chainsaw. I mean, see, what were you going to say about it? That you, 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 you know, you thought that it could have been a slasher at one point. Really? I guess the... That whole series is an odd series, Texas Chainsaw we're talking about. Because I was even arguing that part two is a slasher, but it, it really isn't. And it goes no. into this whole other realm, I think, of more like the backwoods crazed killers. And, backwoods and, cannibal films. Yeah, because yeah. and, and, and it, it doesn't really play out like a slasher. The slasher being what Black Christmas is and eventually what Halloween is was and and then friday the 13th etc etc the only argument i can use against black christmas is there's that four year difference between the official release date of when black christmas came out and when halloween came out that's four years whereas the gap was definitely shorter between halloween and the craze of the 80s slashers really what you can attribute that to is the the sheer success of halloween and i think everybody at that point as we well know we're just cashing in on that success i will still argue that black christmas is the official sort of blueprint everything had been laid out that's the blueprint that went forward to create the slasher film not the prototype at that point the actual blueprint yep and it's close black christmas is close it it has a prototype feel but there's enough there that we decided to call it the first you know and people want to call everything a slasher and we don't want to call everything a slasher. We want to be as precise about this as we can. We want to put on the best show we can from 50. So we don't want to call every damn thing a slasher. We don't want to call Giallo a slasher. And we don't want to call Proto a slasher and certain other films. So that's why we said let's go to North America. And I think it's going to work. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt the list to leave a few out that we maybe wish we could put in there. And when the time comes, we're not discussing what's going on in the list. If one of you guys put Texas Chainsaw 2 on the list... I'm not going to argue it. There's not going to be any arguing on this show. It's our opinion. To me, I'm not putting it on the list. And maybe at the beginning we'll say, hey, you know, there's some movies that people consider slashers. I do not, and I'm going to tell you four or five of them now out of the gate. That's what I've been planning to do because there's some that I think for a fact at least one of you guys is going to put on your list that I don't consider a slasher. So even between the three of us, we've tried to narrow it down as best we could. It's not easy, but everything cannot be a slasher. People seem to want it to be that way, but it's not. There's I'll no say, definitive right answer here. There's no, there's no, no there's no council out there defining, <laughs> the <Jedi> <laughs> defining exactly what's proto, what's slasher, and it's science and it's written in stone. So it's always going to be a source of argument. We, we interpret it the way we want to interpret it, the best we can. And why Black Christmas is, in my uh, opinion, the definitive first slasher is because all the elements that we see being loosely loosely used here are are (laughs) combined into that film with all the elements that a slasher movie has yeah you know what makes it a slasher the most to me is margot killer's kill like if it was just somebody being choked by a bag and what else we get in that movie it's not Not a killer not a killer just a bag (laughs) like a floating bag. bag It's not a slasher, it's a bagger. Right, you know? <laughs> you have to have sharp objects, I think, as part of it. You know, different tools. And I, I think that when she gets killed, that's what solidifies it for me. That's just me personally. Yeah, not... that's that's a slasher kill for sure. And, right. and it, it's a killer stalking 
a house full of sorority sisters. They're not coming right. to him. Like, because we could argue there's blunt instruments used in Texas. You can argue everything. We could argue this till we're all blue in the balls across right. internet land. The, doubt, the reality is that some other show can argue it a different way. This is how we propose it. And this is what we believe to be uh, how we're moving forward with our argument. And if you don't agree with us, just give money to our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say, politely, politely, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yeah, like a good Canadian, yeah. politely. Yeah. Yes. And then you got to say sorry when you're done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, I think that's about all we, we wanted to say. We just wanted to put it out there. We, we, we take it seriously, but we're not going to sweat. If you think it's something's a slasher, you know, that, that's, you know, it's your prerogative. We're going to give reasons why we think things are proto and, and things are slashers and what have you. So... But we are taking the show seriously. Number 50 is the biggest show we'll probably ever do. Unless 100 gets crazy, but that's a long time off. So, so yeah. So let's get into so this. Do you have anything else before we uh, want to get in, get into this? Are you going to do a thing, Brandon, or no? Oh, is that, oh, is that mine? <laughs> I don't know. Fucking 45 shows. He doesn't know him by now. He's fucking leading. And, look, and he's looking around. He's looking around like, oh, like, you just assume he's looking at his fucking notes. about to read something off. Oh, I was playing the round of Everwing. You know me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Psycho 1960, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Am I saying that right, Oz? Or is it Hitchcock? <laughs> <laughs> just just um, PM me to let me know. A Phoenix secretary embezzles forty thousand dollars from her employee's client from her employer's client, goes on the run, and checks into a motel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. Nice. That's a good sub. Yeah. I like that actually. Yeah, that yeah. is good. It's not spoiler. It's it's keeping the shine off uh, off of uh, off of Norman. You know what I mean? And you Norman. know you know we're gonna spoil these. So, I mean, all of these movies. Well, other than the Intruder, have been out. And about for a long time. So maybe the intruder, we might save the final few moments. But I, I, I almost don't want to. I, I got to talk about it. But Yeah. You had 57 years on Psycho if you yeah. haven't seen it by now. <laughs> right. And if you have it and you're listening to the show, please go watch the movie. Oh, without a doubt. You know? I mean, I'll, I'll say it right now that two movies tonight are in my top 10 horror films. Yeah. So you know where I'm going. I don't know about you guys, but... One, one of one of the two films is definitely in my top ten horror films, <laughs> and I'm with you, Dave. And these views yeah. only help solidify that they were always yeah. up there. They were always up there, but now they solidified. And uh, the revelation will be that I believe Psycho is my favorite horror film ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! I've come to that. I I, I keep tossing it around, and and I just fucking love this movie and even the faults I love in the movie and you know and I will tell you this I I told the boys this right before we started recording and I'll tell the listeners out there there's a book called Alfred Hitchcock and the Make It of Psycho by Stephen Rebello if you're a fan of this film seek out that book (laughs) (laughs) sorry you must have been listening to a playback of Cinema Attack again I just (laughs) I do. I give it to my kids too. Can't sleep here. Cinema attack. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Nyquil. <laughs> Don't talk shit now. We can't talk shit about Derek. He, he moved up in, in, in the Patreon. He moved up a tier. So. No, that was directed right at Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> no, but you got to get this book. It's actually a quick read. It's 
everything you want to know about Psycho. From the writing of the actual book, to the screenplay, to the production, uh, every aspect of the production, to the marketing, uh, to the release and success. So Nice. You know what? Remember that movie that came out, Hitchcock, a few years back? Oh, I love that movie. I that, loved it. That movie, I did too. It was really good. I've only seen it once. I really have to revisit it. But that movie at one time, that was the title of that movie, Alfred Hitchcock and the Making of Psycho. So I wonder if that movie was based specifically, directly off of that, that book there. And to be totally honest, it's a better, I mean, it's a long title, but it's a better uh, idea of what you're going to get from that film because that's exactly what it was. And what a great, what a great, great look at the, the making of that. It is, it's based on that because the writer is Stephen Rebello as well as John um, McLaughlin, John J. McLaughlin, McLaughlin, sorry. And so it is based on this book, funny enough. There you go. See, how about Look that? that. Figured it out. Yeah, nice. That's cool. I got to read that. Definitely, definitely. I'm glad you mentioned Robert Block because he he never seems to get credit. Everybody, and I'm not taking away from Hitchcock, please, but, but I'm just saying anytime you hear about Psycho on a podcast or anywhere, it's always Hitchcock Perkins. You know, it's 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 Hitchcock Hitchcock. You you never hear about that it was based on a novel. I don't know how many people know that, and the novel is a little bit different. The character, and I don't want to get too deep into it because we don't yeah. want to be here all night on one movie. We're doing four. But the character of Norman is different in the novel than it is. He's a drunk. He's a drunk. He's overweight. He's middle-aged. He wears glasses. You just broke my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it came from. If a lot of people don't know, that's the source material. Who body slammed him, though, in the book? <laughs> Oh, I think uh, Arbogast got bodies. Yeah, Arbogast. <laughs> so Arbogast. <laughs> no, and you're in the other. The other main thing was like the the shower scene ended with it said uh, the knife came down and cut off Marilyn's Mary's Mary's scream and her head. Yes. Yeah. yeah beheaded. That's, so, that's 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 good. Yeah. That sounds that's good. Cool. Wow. Wow. So the, the book God. was the book was considered it was a modern success and. I think what ended up happening was it was considered kind of sleazy and not something mainstream, but it was selling. And when Hitchcock got his hands on this, he ordered people to go out and buy as many copies of the book as possible so that other people wouldn't grab it. And that's, I mean, some people know this history. Some people don't, we won't get too much into the history of this movie, but I mean, funny enough, the movie itself has been sort of dissected over and over and over again. And we'll we'll get there uh, as well, but it's so interesting sort of the making of this and, and how it came about for sure. Oh man. Yeah. And, and then when it actually debuted and how they weren't letting anybody in after the movie started and they got away with it, they got yeah. away with it. Hitchcock said he went to Paramount and said, <laughs> I don't want anybody to freaking enter this movie once it started. And they yeah. didn't think that theaters were, gonna, were going to cooperate and they did. And they even sent test people. They sent their own people. They hired actors, a pregnant woman and a guy to go to the freaking thing an hour into the movie and say, hey, my wife's pregnant. That's why we're late. Like, can we get in? And they were denied. So they even tested them out. And they said, don't do this. Did you see the sign where it says, yeah. no one will be admitted, not even the president, not even the queen of England, God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you have, so you, you must have, so do you have the documentary? I have the collector's edition DVD. So it's a little dated, but do you have the, doc, is that the documentary you watched? Because that was all in the documentary. It has Clive Barker. And he yes, signed my copy. Actually, he's <laughs> yeah, a cigar. yeah, and he's talking about how the book was a lot more graphic than the actual uh, movie. Yep, 
sort of, because we're again we're talking about a time. So what Hitchcock got away with at that time is oh. beautiful, and he knew. So there's he was saying it was a ma- manipulation. He wanted to get away with this. Like they never showed a toilet on the screen, and there's a flushing of the toilet. Uh, there the the suggestion of nudity. There really is yeah. nudity there if you really look, but it's all it, it is suggested more. Oh, I looked. Yeah. <laughs> you freeze frame each, each I freeze frame Sam every time I saw him. <laughs> so you're still on the opening. Little <laughs> Sam Loomis, yeah, he's going through. It. How about the fact that even after the the project's complete, he wanted to scrap it oh. until the music was added. I mean, and he obviously everybody to this day credits the music for being you know, Bernard Herman's a genius the, with this one. Yeah, yeah, this is like right. he's done he's done amazing work, but this is the one that everybody sort of remembers uh, thoroughly. I mean, it's it's amazing. The strings. He said he wanted to do it simplistically. All strings. Yeah. Uh, he said strings. he wanted to make it black and white music in the sense of like to uh, accompany the black and white film. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. There you he go. Bernard scrap Herman. it. I know that's a great point, Brandon. He he was he was going to trim it down for his TV show. Alfred Hitchcock yeah, presents. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Who worked, that's who worked on the film. He got a lot of people from the show to work yeah. on it because he didn't have the budget. Yeah, well, he financed it himself, I believe. Yeah. So that was it. It was under a million dollars, and they didn't think he could do it. And he, so he brought in the people from Alfred Hitchcock presents and casted the right people for damn sure. And he took a percentage of the film instead of his usual salary. Well, he was his yeah. money that he put up pretty much. Yeah. So he, yeah. it was uh, it was like a lot. Like he was really worried it was going to flop. Which is crazy. It is it's crazy. Good. Looking back on it now, I mean, it, yeah. just to think that the that there was concern about the. And did you see that part in the documentary, Christian? So I'm assuming you watched the whole documentary. The I watched the whole documentary as well because I, I okay. was just like, I haven't watched the special features on that since I got the DVD. I also want to plug the, uh, the the Cycle Legacy documentary, which covers them all, which is also very good, which is a lot of the same information, but is even more in depth. But it's very good. But this one, the doc that we saw, The Making of Cycle, it came on the DVD. It's now on the Blu-ray, and it's like 90 minutes long, very informative. But did you see what he said? That one part, the screenwriter was there because he got the guy to adapt it for the screen. Yeah. And they got the first guy who did Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and he didn't like it. He said it ended up being dull. So yeah. they got another guy, and then this guy came in, and then he wrote it. And when they watched the movie the first time, it was the uh, – not the first draft, the rough cut. I forgot what the it was. Cut. It was the rough cut, the rough cut, yeah. Okay. It was before the music was added and something else. So anyway, the guy watched the movie sitting right next to Alfred Hitchcock, and he thought the movie was awful. And he goes, I wasn't going to tell Hitchcock that. He goes, but there I was. And he goes, and I'm sitting there. And he goes, and as we're watching the movie, the movie ends. And he goes, and Hitchcock puts his hand on my leg and pats it. And he, and he says to me, he says, he goes, don't worry. It's just a rough cut. Yeah. So <laughs> he sensed that this guy didn't like the film. I I I thought that's really cool. You yeah, know Joseph, what I mean? And Joseph then, Stefano. I think it was. Yes. And then I know. The I know what's his name. I think. I know. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it was it's great nuts. It's crazy. And, it and like, there's so many things. Like, you're watching it and you're like, wow, this is not a traditional opening. Like, the opening shot, the pan across, it's a little amateurish. And then all oh, of a sudden. I love it. And, and, well, it does look a little amateurish, but it, for a reason. Again, if, if you get this book or if you know the, the history of it, he wanted this helicopter aerial shot to come in and pretty much go right up into the window. For the most part, they just could not do it. They could not get it right. So he they redid it and he said, it will have to do. We need to get this movie out. And so it works. But a I'm just saying shot, it, it just... Yeah, and with the documentary style timing, which is kind of revisited later, I found it kind of funny that that was in The Intruder later. 
Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, they took a note right out of Psycho. Right. <laughs> With documenting the time and the date. They didn't use the typewriter, though, in uh, Psycho. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and it wasn't even needed in this movie to do that. They just did no. no. the time and whatever. I, I, I don't fall. I'll tell you what. There are a few things in this film that I think Christian said earlier that there are a few faults. It's definitely not going to affect my rating. And when we get to the ratings, I'm going to say something because I, I was thinking about this. But we'll get there when we get there. But – there are a few little faults and things that it is 1960 and things that don't 100% make the most sense, but it doesn't affect the film in any way. I mean, yeah. I think in the first half of the film, some of these things are thrown in to almost throw you off the sense of what type of film you're about to watch. I mean, yeah. there's a huge shift, you know, from the midpoint of this film from like the 45 minute mark when she arrives at the hotel to and that's what to I the love end of the it. film. And that's, me too. That's exactly Fantastic. what I love. Like the total yeah, the first, shift. <laughs> yeah, the first forty minutes, you, yeah. you you feel like you're watching like a a crime thriller from the from the forties or fifties. Yeah, yeah. Right. At that point, the title sequence is the only like wow, it's unsettling with with yeah. the, the design of the title sequence, and then you, and then you go into this yeah, this woman is innocent woman, her boyfriend who she's you know having afternoon romps with and robs. You know, forty thousand dollars, and and goes taken off to see him, and ends up at this hotel, and then all the shit just tw- turns and twists, and then we're focused on a whole new character, and it's fantastic. Yep, it sure is. And you know what? If they were making this movie nowadays, you know, let's say no one ever adapted this film, Robert Block wrote the novel, and they're adapting it now, it would they would never be that smart. And I'm not knocking modern film because what we say last year was the best year in horror in a very long time, but I'm just saying that film in general. I guarantee they wouldn't play it that way. You would have seen Norman Bates at the house in the first five, ten minutes. They would be jumping back and forth between both characters. Until Interca- yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. and it's, there'd, be, it's there'd be a kill or something at the beginning. Something. Then, yeah, there'd be something. We would there. know. We would know he was fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it would start at the Bates Motel. Then after the opening scene, it would flash to Phoenix, Arizona, Friday, December 11th, 2.43 p.m. <laughs> Look at this guy. I, I don't know why I wrote it. I wrote it down. On here. <laughs> you, you know what I think that. they would do? I think you would see Norman carrying mother down to the bait to the fruit cellar or something. That's a, something. Fucking, I something love that shot like too. Uh, oh, it's great. We'll, we'll, we'll do, I'll just dance around a few things that have probably been dissected over and over and over again, but I think are worthy of bringing up. We see Marion at the beginning, white broad, very erotic for the time frame. But I'm talking so about I'm talking beautiful. But I'm also talking about black white. Black. Everything wearing white, yeah, exactly. And white then when black. she steals the white the black. money and, and gets the money, she's in black. It's yeah. been talked about, awesome. but great. That, that's directing, and and those are things that a lot of people yeah. don't think about. But a good director will think about everything, not just camera angles and whatnot, but costume choices and and and, and then Dobra. And then yeah. <laughs> and they said. As, as, and then when the rain kicks on, there's that scene where she almost looks like Norman Bates in the very last frame of the movie before the car gets pulled out of the water, I, I might add, where she's thinking and imagining what everybody's saying, and she's driving yeah. the car, and then she suddenly gets this sort of maniacal, kind of sinister grin and smile yeah. as she stares sort of confidently in, in, forward, and it's amazing. I love the acting there. I love that yeah. shot. But then it starts to rain, and then, of course, the wiper blades come, and they say that that's a foreshadowing for the shower, the shower murder. Yeah, and I, I always thought that, that's super I love that cool. whole scene. I love the whole internal oh. monologue. I think it's some of the best, uh, some of the best scenes in the film. 
Yeah. I, I agree. Now, do you guys all feel the way I do that it's all imagined? None of those conversations actually took place. No. She, they're all in her head. Yeah. yeah. The, it's her playing out the scenarios in her head. Yeah. You know how when you sometimes. Sure yeah, I see it as like when you sometimes daydream and you're like playing out scenarios in your head. Like that's what she's doing. She's like, well, he would say this, he would say that. No, and that's why it's great. And yeah. supposedly Hitchcock was actually saying it to her while the scene was being shot, feeding her right. all the lines. And then, of course, the overdubbing and whatnot. But beautiful. Beautifully done. Uh, the menacing cop, the angles used. They're going to throw a thick mustache on like Sleepaway Camp, but they decided <laughs> to put glasses on him instead. I mean, that was exactly what he said. I think we're going to do the Sleepaway Camp mustache, but then... His name was, his name was <laughs> Officer Angela. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, didn't Angela play a cop in, in, in part four? Oh, you know? my Lord. <laughs> there the we go. <laughs> Comes Man, full circle. Been sleeping on the side of the road, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, yes, you know. And how about the way she talks to a cop? What oh. balls on her? I would yeah. never, ever think of speaking to a cop the way she did. That's well, not like, today. Oh, you'll today get pistol whipped. Shot if you talk to the cop like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> She's like, well, you know, you're wasting my time. This is 1960 cops. Even a beautiful yeah. woman in mud on. I'll say it again. I can't believe how hot she is. She oh, really, stunning. dude. I have nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, but when I look at her, I don't see Jamie Lee Curtis there at all. She must look just like Tony Curtis. She must not look at all like her mother because I don't see that whatsoever when I look at Janet Lee. There, it's except when they scream. <laughs> you, you guys did see. I think we might have talked about it on the show a year or so ago. They re she recreated the the psycho scene. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. No, that was very cool. She's like, I've, yeah. seen that, I've seen that movie so Jamie many Lee, times, yeah. she says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But, man, I can't believe how beautiful she is, really. I notice it more and more every time I watch. And this movie, like, Texas Chainsaw, I've seen, like, you know, 50, 100 times. So many times. This movie, again, it's in my top ten. My fascination with this movie has only been in the last five to ten years. So I've probably seen it 20 times. You know what I mean? It's not as, as you know as much as Texas Chainsaw. But I think I like it more than Texas Chainsaw. I really love the film, and I'm in that, that period right now where uh, you know I'm watching it a lot. And every time I watch it, I, I love it more. I've already had that experience with Texas Chainsaw years ago, and I'm not knocking it at all. But I'm right in that love affair moment now when I watch this film. Like I notice new things, and uh, we haven't even mentioned Anthony Perkins yet, and just the conversations he had. Not not even just in horror, in cinema. One of my very favorite scenes. And a pivotal scene for this film is, you know, the, the first time we see Norman in the dining room or in the, the back room. In the parlor, yeah. The parlor, talking to Marion. I think great it's scene. fucking, it's magnificent. It is. The dialogue, so the dialogue there is great. The interaction incredible. is fantastic. Oh. And to me, it, it, oh, go ahead, Dave. No, no, I'm just saying everything about it is fantastic. Yeah, and I was going to say, ultimately, that conversation that they have, it, it, it it sways Marion's character, and it almost makes what follows more more, more tragic Amen. than originally because of uh, <laughs> yes. you know the whole talk of I forgot what the, what was the line private trap I had my own private trap that I stepped into that I yeah. yeah we all have our own private traps that we step in dude yeah. the dialogue everything that comes out of Norman's mouth every time you hear people quoting Psycho ninety percent of it is from there boy's best friend is his mother we all go a little mad sometimes yeah and the way he can flip on a dime, like where he's normal and sympathetic, and then all of a sudden yeah. he leans forward and he's like, 
You mean a madhouse? And he goes into that fucking spiel. Oh, man. So good. What do you know about Karen? And the shower is cleansing. It's her yeah. getting clean, you know, obviously physically, but also mentally. She's washing off that negative shit, and she's going to start anew and head back. And then doesn't happen. Big old finger. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Isn't it surprising that it's never been colorized? Remember when they were colorizing all the movies? I've seen Night of the Living Dead colorized. I've seen so many black and white classics colorized by uh, Ted Turner when they were doing that in the, I think, the, the early 90s. Yeah, I thought, yeah, no, I guess you're right. I guess they never did do this one. I no. They remade it for, and, and yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I, I'll never watch it. I've never seen it, and I never will. I watched yeah, I it. I, I wanted to check it out. I love Gus and Son. But yeah, there's, again, we've mentioned this before, and it's not worth getting into it. On this show, it was always one of my favorite Hitchcock films, but I always seem to put Rear Window and Vertigo kind of hovering a little bit above it. Even North by Northwest, when I was younger, when I was a kid, North by Northwest, North by Northwest, excuse me. Now I believe Psycho is my favorite of his films. It's it's and, so hard to pick. He's done so yeah. many amazing films. Yeah, and I love the Birds as well. But I, again, yeah. that always uh, it's definitely been between Vertigo, Rear Window. In this film. Yeah. As my top three. But anyway, the detective, you guys brought him up. All this, like, he was a great character. I love him. Yeah. And, and his death is iconic as well. We always talk yes. about the shower scene, but his death is really fucking creepy. Like, the suspense the built up for it yeah. as he's ascending the staircase and the overhang shot of when mother comes out with a knife. Oh, it is. And who's ever seen a grown man tap dance all the way down 15 steps to his death. (laughs) He Gregory Hines those. Yeah. He, he he brought in the noise. He brought in the funk. (laughs) It was white heat. White nights. What was that show? He, he, he attacked the block. He was, he was attacking the block. It was a Ted night. <laughs> I want to see someone do that to music. That's what someone should do, like a tap dancing fucking routine. Play We're, the right in the money. We're in the money. We're in the money. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't been spoofed. But it's still, it's we'll even put that though, up on you know, our Patreon. Even though it looks awkward <laughs> to today's eye, it's it's very unsettling and very jarring. Oh, yeah. Well, Especially like given a... the, the quickness with, with which he's slowly walking up the stairs, and all of a sudden you see the the door creak open and the and mother come out and ooh, it's and I love how he flusters uh, Norman. Oh, Every, that, that, another thing that seemed also another yeah. amazing scene in this film is him and Arbogast. That whole yeah, time was, everything he says, he's he's just getting Norman to the stuttering and everything. The stuttering, yeah, like I'm doing right now, just to stutter and to <laughs> stutter and brick, yeah. That's yeah, why you hear the Norman brick, the Norman bricks, the Norman Bates of our show. See, I, t- I said at the beginning of the show, he's the Norman Bates of Orville. See, Norman bricks, <laughs> Norman breaks and Tobe. What else is there? I mean, did you guys realize that the, that the, the part with the car in the swamp that it was a one take fucker? Hey, so it actually stopped. Well, and it was that, planned, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, that was the plan, but, they, but the reason is because they had to, they had to pull it in with a crane, and then they had a um, you know something below the swamp that that it sat on, and then they lowered it. But the reason it was a one take fucker is because if there's a problem, then they got to pull the thing out again and clean it off and do it again. So yeah. luckily, it worked out perfect. But I didn't know that until today that it was you know it was a one take fucker to do that shot. 
Well, I mean, he was really trying to film this fast. 30 days, I think it did 39. Even by the standards of back then, it was done very inexpensively, very quickly. Yeah. What about the cop and his wife? Great secondary characters. Like, they don't don't have a lot. I think some of their stuff got on the cutting room floor. But it was great because they do the reveal. Like, if if you saw Norman Bates' mother... Then who's that lady buried in? But didn't they wait a little long? They kind of had a full conversation. He, he, she hears the wife hears Lila talking about his mother, and why didn't you just say his mother's dead, like well, right away? Like, no, let's just hear him out. Like, then with remember though, he's a cop, he's a, he's a sheriff. He wants to hear the whole story. What if these people are fucking batshit crazy? He wants to hear them stumble, or 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 he just wants to hear their their entire story before yeah. he. Puts anything in it. That's how a cop would do it. And here's what I think is done so well. The way it's exposed. The way he says. Because at the time, you're thinking, well, maybe his mother really is alive. And there's there's something afoot here. There's something at play. You're not thinking what the reveal is. Yeah. No one was thinking that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I like how they throw that extra bit in there for, you know, so you're wondering what the hell is happening here. And did you guys know that, that when they casted this movie, Alfred Hitchcock sent out casting calls for a Mrs. Bates, because they yep. wanted everybody yeah. in, in Hollywood and everyone around to believe that there was a character, Mrs. Bates, so they got thrown off. I mean, just to think to do things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did that, and he had a, a director's chair with Mrs. Bates printed on it for yeah. actual publicity as well, so that everybody just assumed there was a Mrs. Bates, and then they had the, the voice casting for her later. Uh, but his guy had the best line, and you could pretty much use this for any naysayers of movie logic, and he just says... Um, uh, logic in film is dull <laughs> because he says logic is dull meaning that like if you always want to go the logical route you don't actually have excitement in a movie and I think yeah. I, I love that I mean obviously things have got to uh, look come even together, even but... even Sam and Lila's explanation for what's going on is all logical and well thought out oh okay Norman probably did something because he wanted the money that she was carrying yeah. because he yeah. wants to get out from under his abusive mother it's so logical it makes perfect sense yeah it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. These these are these are crimes of uh, passion, not profit, as the psychiatrist exactly. says at the end. You know. Which I For love some... that scene, and a lot of people oh, so think that I. scene goes too long. I love it, and it's he I sells it. it. Oh, he's <laughs> great. The the psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. It is I great. love it. And for 1960, that's kind of needed. Or maybe nowadays, they wouldn't do that. Maybe or, nowadays. Or they would trim it right down. You'd get the Michael yeah. you know specialty. <laughs> because of Psycho. Because this movie's already come out. So anything else that followed. It's this was the first movie that did something like that. So as time has passed, we've seen all these crazy twists and we've seen this and this. There isn't a whole lot of there isn't a whole lot of room for the rug to be pulled out from us under us anymore. So when something like that does happen, we just put it together now. So that that isn't even necessary anymore. But it's because of this film. So it's you know, it's I don't know what the word is for that, but it's just, you know, like what I said for Halloween in, in, in influencing screen. Same thing. It's just. Because this movie exists, you know, what else can you do? That's something I noticed. The first time, Norman, when Marion checks in, Norman hesitates for a second and then grabs key number one. Yeah. Yeah. And and it got me thinking this time. He knows what he's going to do when he does that. And that's the hesitation. Anytime someone goes into room number one, that's obviously the only room that he's going to do a little peeping Tom action in. So I, I like that. I never put it together. You know what I mean? That that's the reason he hesitated. Because when he does that, it's like mother's taking over. He's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because I want to peep on this girl, but mother might get mad. 
So I think that's the hesitation. Yeah. Oh, little nuances, you know? Oh, and there's a lot of those little things that you, you catch. Uh, yeah. Unrepeated viewings as well. But. For sure. And what about the creepiness? This thing that really creeps me out is when, is when Marion goes in the house and she goes into mother's room and the way it's filmed and when they show those hands on, on that, that thing, the, you know, those yeah. fake hands, whatever the hell, and the music they play. But the thing that really, the whole scene is creepy to me. But when they show that thing in the bed, that fucking just grosses me out, thinking that a body's been laying in that bed in that position. You know, yeah. it's got, it's got to stink. That's I mean, how my mattress was. That was her sister. Yeah, that was your mattress. <laughs> her sister, you said Mary, but that was Lila. That was her sister. Yeah, that was Lila. Oh, I apologize. Yes, That's I didn't say Mary. My bad. It's Lila. Please yeah. oh, when we were going, when we were going into, yeah, now you're apologizing. I love this. It's great. When we were in film school, they went into detail again. It's been talked about death, her last name, Crane, uh, his fascination with like, you know, birds and, and taxidermy and, and, and that aspect of it. Um, they left out the necrophiliaism of, of the Dean case, but uh, again, everything was sort of hinted upon, I think. Grave robbing and, and, and whatever was definitely you know, not shown, but obviously has happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the movie it, it, looks great. Great use of black and white. Uh, we talked about Bernard Herrmann's score. It's on the trivia page there. I didn't even realize it was on the IMDb trivia. But uh, after Hitchcock heard the score, he doubled Bernard Herrmann's salary. Or almost doubled it. Yep. And they give him like 34500 bucks. Amazing. And, said it was you know a third or 33% of the success was from that. Uh, and then there was controversy. You guys know that there was controversy the guy that designed the credit the credit uh, scheme and whatnot also storyboarder to help storyboard the shower. Oh yeah, loose sequence. ass. Yeah, and Oh not loose ass, sorry. No, fucking uh, saw bass. Thank you. Did you say loose ass? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, loose I ass. Yeah. <laughs> loose ass. Brandon's ears perked right up. It yeah, was, I was like uh, loose ass where? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what that dude did, Saul Bass? They couldn't, he had to storyboarded the shower scene by writing it down because they didn't have the time to to do it when you're trying to, and they they even did bring in a new model at one time to to try to, you know, cut into the time and figure it all out. But it was so hard to, to film the shower scene and you can only see so much when you put it in front of the camera that Hitchcock wanted to see it storyboarded first and what's going to happen here with the, the cutting here. And it was set up by this guy, Saul Bass. Well, but he did... apparently claimed that he directed that scene, but it yeah. ultimately it, tur- it, it, it turned out to be bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's important what he did. He was a big help to the film, but yeah. obviously Hitchcock was there the whole time, at least based upon the testimonials of everybody in the film. You yeah. know, I mean, why, Which, why would they lie? Yeah. Who are you going to believe? The guy that's saying, hey, I directed the scene or everybody on the set and that had, yeah. you know, uh, more to do with the film saying no it was Hitchcock again you rely yeah. on people to help and they said they didn't say he didn't storyboard it he storyboarded based on discussions of Hitchcock saying he wanted the staccato type look going to be lots of cuts and it ended up being 76 right 76 cuts or something for that wow or 76 another, camera setups I'm assuming cuts another amazing scene I mean we can't what are we going to do blow the shower scene all day it's been, it's been blown to kingdom come what, do you, what, what can you say you know <laughs> Now, there is one edit in there that that, that, that bugs me a tiny bit. In the shower sequence? Not when the stabbing starts or anything like that, just when she's showering. All of a sudden, she's showering and her head is almost completely dry. And then it cuts for one second and it comes back and and her hair is so wet that it's black. You know what I mean? 
It's just a very small nitpick, but I notice it every time I see the film. Did you say a nitpick? Yeah, nitpick. N-I-T. Nitpick. In the shower. Nice. Ah, nitpick. Yeah, no, we don't see any tit. We don't see any of that stuff. You know, I'll tell you what. They do call it the slashing in in the script. When it says, right before that scene, it says slashing. And then it goes into the paragraph and describes what's going on. So, is this the slasher? Yep, it is. <laughs> Did they We're coin gonna... the term slash? We're going to save it for episode 50. Ooh, what's oh. this? You're going to vote against the rules? You're going to throw a proto in? No. <laughs> well, I did. we did say, I think we've all agreed that the sequels, well, I, I'm going to leave four out of this, but I'm going to say two and three are slashers. Right. Well, four is not going to make anybody's top 50. So at least I wouldn't think. You never know, but you know, we don't have the Woodsboro brothers on here. Maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Psycho for the beginning. My number five slasher. You never know. <laughs> You know, it's a great movie. Seen it again. I had a, a smile ear to ear, and I and I was like, you know what? I just fucking love this movie. Yeah, man. The, I like. I love the pace. I love the secondary characters. Even the sleazy yeah. uh, oil guy at the at the beginning. I declare. I de- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thirsty Rooney. Yeah. Thirsty Rooney. I do. That's why I get to do it. Yeah, Thirsty Rooney. The Monopoly Man himself. Yes. <laughs> He always reminds you of the Monopoly man. Thirsty <laughs> <laughs> Rooney. I don't. Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. I do uh, think the film is even dated for 1960. Like I said, it just reminds me of like 1940 films, but I love it. Okay. I love those old Hollywood black and white type films. And even the last scene is very old school like that. And I love it, but it's uh, it's haunting. The last, The last image. The last image. Wow. And the way it sort of transitions to the... To the final, final, final scene. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that final scene? Like, I would have been totally fine with it ending with that shot of, of Norman. This and, is. I feel this is how the movies ended back in those days. I agree. I think that it was a product of the time. Right? Yeah. I think they had to have the, the. I think they wanted to put the end down there, and it might have looked cheesy, showing the end with Norman's face. Well, you could have faded a black and put the end. Maybe. But they, but they put the car coming up. I guess it was just to realize that they've founder yeah so there's and, some closure to to that and maybe there's more in the swamp there's more cars in the swamp besides that exactly well, they're alluding to that he did he did the psychiatrist did say are there any missing yeah you might find them in that in the surrounding swamp right if you, so if it probably you, would have yeah. been cooler if they pulled another car out yeah or, maybe a, match, it wasn't or a matchbox car <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old yeah. and you know what kind of crane <laughs> they used to pull to pull that car out a marion crane <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna play something for you guys because I. Oh, is it a car turned up? <laughs> yes, yes. It, got, it just got pulled from the swamp and it's still able to start. Marion's alive. She drove right out of there. <laughs> that was it. She wasn't being pulled out of the end. She started it up and drove right out of the swamp. <laughs> beep, beep. There you go. Now listen to this. I've always wanted to know what the hell Norman is saying on the scene. Now, it's at the very end, it's with the reveal. And he comes running out, and you hear this. Now, I hope this is going to work right. Hold up. That. I thought it was just that. screaming, but yeah, no, this I, time, I, I, like, no yeah. mother? Yeah, I, I don't know. Sub, I had the subtitles on, but I can't, I can't remember now. It's just what I... Doesn't say anything. Now I even have it isolated without the music. 
Because initially, when this film came, well, because it happened to be on the documentary. So I, I saw this, and I was like, oh, now that's even better. Now this is a better example. But in the documentary, they were showing it. You just broke my glasses. And, and... lost his mind. He's isolating <laughs> dialogue. It's like doing fucking detective work. <laughs> well, I couldn't help it, because I isolated this the other day. I was in my and mind. I watched the documentary today. And I was like, oh, look at that. Without the music, now they'll be able to hear you know, more clear when I show it on the show. But they said that when that scene was first shot, there was no music just for that, that scene. They weren't going to, it was just the reveal and that screaming and the other thing. And Hitchcock said, he goes, I think you should put the same music that we put in the shower scene in that scene. And then they did it at his behest. So it was just, it wasn't planned. It was just, they filmed it. They watched it, I should say. And that's what he said. So I thought that that's kind of cool, but check it out. This is with, with no sound, no music. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna play you something with no sound. This is gonna be great. <laughs> I'll let you know when it's over. <laughs> Hold on. After we finish that, he Norma Bates. Uh, none of it. I think he's talking about our one territory up in Canada. <laughs> none I don't of know it. what it is. He said, <laughs> ah, none of it. He said uh, Norman Bates. He said Norma Bates. Oh, Norman Bates, motherfuckers! <laughs> what the hell are you two laughing about? <laughs> it's funny. It's like a... Here's the funny part. His mouth isn't even moving when this is said. He's got his mouth wide open because he comes out and he has that look on his face where he looks like Anthony Kiedis. And then, then he continues on and he's coming at and then he's getting tackled <laughs> and you Kiedis. hear that. He, no, what he, was saying, he was saying, give it away, give it away, give it away, Nintendo. <laughs> That's what he was saying. Suck my kiss. I think there was something in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. If anybody that's listening can tell us what the hell they're saying there. He but... just said, I'm Norma Bates. I'm Norma. Maybe. Maybe he said, I'm Norma Bates. Play it again. That's exactly what it said. I'm Rick James. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, listen. It says, I'm Norma Bates. And it says, bitch. <laughs> Bates, I'm a bitch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me try it again. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oh. I'm Norma, <laughs> Norma Bates. I think he's right. Right? <laughs> bitch. Like, I'm Norma Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven out of ten. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just a great film. Ten out of ten. No question. Yes. Yes. Ten out of ten. Amazing. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Awesome. Full, full head explosion. <laughs> full head explosion. Hall of Fame. Mild rumbling of the ears, nose, and throat. And, bow- and bowels. <laughs> it's a thirty-one. It's an official thirty-one. Now, wow. I was thinking about my ratings, and I wanted to say something to you guys. Because JP is very passionate about this, and I respect him for it. And Brandon, you talk about it sometimes, too, with you, the way you rate and things like that. To me, there are a few tiny flaws in Cycle, but I still have to rate it a 10 out of 10. And the other flaws I'm talking about is when Norman's in the house arguing with Mother, and Marilyn can hear her from way outside. Of course that would never happen. You watch the film, you're like, well, you just got to have to accept it for what it is. Nobody can hear that. People arguing in the house. You know, for, and the, it's rain, it's way the fuck down there. A couple little things that don't, you know, make perfect sense, but you uh-huh. excuse them. But some people say, well, that doesn't make it a perfect film, so how can you rate it 10 out of 10, yada, yada. Now, 
if I was to not rate this a 10 out of 10, The Witch to me is a 10 out of 10, and there's no flaws in it. However, The Witch doesn't hit the heights that Psycho hits. You know what I'm saying? To me, the highs in Psycho are higher than what you see in The Witch. I rate them both 10 out of 10. So you know what I'm saying? That, That even... There is no perfect film. There is no perfect film. I agree. And so that the flaws bring out its charm as well. And, and you, you kind of appreciate that. Some people can't. I know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm talking very Shakespearean with my hand. And I'm doing a lot of flamboyant motions. And I'm cupping the balls. Everything. It's, uh, but where I'm going with it is like flaws. I said this in the last episode, actually. I said, you know what? I love movies, flaws and all. And if you love a film, you, you'll forgive the flaws. If you don't love a film... You, you just, the flaws are just uh, escalated to s- such a degree that you could be like, and this is why the movie sucks. Doom, boom, 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 boom. And you just list them off. I have no problem. Never cared about the arguing and over- her overhearing it. Never once entered my mind. Yeah, I never thought of it. Never wow. thought of it. You never thought of it when you're watching it that she could hear the conversations way up into the house of the two I thought maybe because the, the, the house is high up and they're in the middle of nowhere. Maybe the sound travels further. Good, good acoustics. Yeah. Yeah, good acoustics. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, this is the last movie I'm going to shit on. I'm just saying, I just wanted to put it out there because of the rating. Because like some people say, yeah. well, if you don't think it's, it's you know, a perfect thing, then how can you rate it 10 out of 10? You know what I mean? Because I know how you are, Brandon. You talk about the rating. No, I know. It's it's, it's very strange because if you, yeah. if you start to go back, especially when we review so many films, you start to go back and you could pick films out like, oh, you gave this a 9.5, but you gave this an 8.5, you gave this a 10. Like, it, like you could start to rip apart everyone's ratings, and it's, it's all personal. And like Christian said, there's there really is no perfect film. Somebody's going to find yeah. fault in everything. You, you know? could say like, the stop motion sucks in Evil Dead at the end, but I love it. Exactly. And, and I'm not going to take any parts, uh, points away from it. You can drive yourself nuts with these ratings. I mean, that it, that's, you know, it's a guide. And everybody, you know, has an opinion, unfortunately. Right. And <laughs> the reality is that this is ours. Ten yeah, that's why at the, at the end of the day, you, you have to, it has to be mostly about your enjoyment factor. If there were technical mistakes, you pointed out the, the shower scene. I didn't notice it. I wasn't paying close attention. But if there were like horrible cinematography, horrible acting. Then, of course, wow. even if I love the film, then, you know, you got to recognize there's some bad things going on here. But in in this case, it's a masterpiece. It really is. And that's why it's recognized as one because right on. most people see and view it the way I think we all three of us did. Right on. And, like, to me, if a movie's in my top ten, it's a ten out of ten movie. That's why it's in my top ten. Yeah. That's how I rate films. That's that, – that's, you know, we've had discussions before. I don't want to get into it because we'll go around and who has the time. But some people say, how can you do this? You know what I mean? And when this really, how do you call Friday the 13th 10 out of 10? The acting isn't great. This and that. I, I don't care. It's a 10 out of 10 and it's in my top 10 films. Exactly. That, that's that's just the way it is. Well, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Yeah. We have had discussions before. A lot of times with the 22 shot guys, we, we've had, you know, discussions about our ratings. And it's an, it's an endless discussion that you could have because. Yeah. To be honest, my top ten, I've never really done a definitive top ten you will. of all time. <laughs> I really haven't, but I could honestly say after watching this film that, I mean, I love Hitchcock. So I love everything he does. I love the, the feel of his films, and I love I, this one in particular. I just, the performances are fantastic. And Anthony Perkins, he's just, ugh, he's so good. <laughs> and, so he's like, and Anthony Kiedis for that one minute. <laughs> that one scene, Anthony Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kiedis. Don't give it away. Next time you see him come in the room the first time dressed up that way, 
and he opens his mouth and he got that. It was I'm like Norma Bates, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, yes, and then he calls himself Norma Bates, right? <laughs> I'm not Anthony Kiedis. I'm Norma Bates. <laughs> Lick my plate. <laughs> Lick my plastic paper plate. <laughs> uh, we've okay. gone off the rails, but fen- yeah, well, ph- phenomenal. Ph- 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 yeah, phenomenal. Beautiful. Phenomenal. Thurston Rooney. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's Thirsty move on. Shall we, shall we go into uh, our next movie? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to involve us in this conversation? You're just going <laughs> to ask the questions and answer them yourself? What do you think, Dave? I think we should. He's like fucking Norma Bates. We should go on the next movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, Dave. Talking to myself. You never put me in that fruit cellar again. You think I'm fruity? <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't harm a fly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's our next movie, Blood and Lace? Okay, next film up is Blood and Lace from 1971. This film is directed by Philip Gilbert. Cool. It stars, um, <laughs> it stars Uncle Leo, and it stars um, Mel from, from uh, Alice. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, and I totally forgot to get the description. But <laughs> well, go ahead. I was just you stuttered, so I, I picked you up. I actually didn't stutter. I froze. Let it be oh. known that I froze completely. Freeze. So you're worse than Norman Bates. I just, ah, I... Noah Bates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The film follows an orphan teen who arrives at a remote orphanage run by a madwoman and her handyman. And. This is a fucking crazy movie. It is crazy. This movie's this. We're talking about shifting tones and psycho, or shifting characters and whatever. This movie does it like three times, but let's. You can't put it in the same category or league as Psycho right off the gate. But it shifts. We open on this, you know, the the killer, the opening killer. So we focus on that and Ellie, and then all of a sudden we shift. Yeah, it's Halloween with a hammer. This is Halloween intro. This is why this is a proto. Right Right out of the gate. Yeah. Just like Halloween's opening. Killer coming from the outside POV, going into a drawer, not getting a knife, but getting a hammer. Yeah. Just like Halloween. It's crazy. Identical except for Halloween is all POV, and this intercuts POV with bad shots of the couple with bad 70s lounge music playing in the background, and like which is like a staple of these films, it seems. And then... Like close-ups of the door waiting, the anticipation of it opening, and it finally does. But other than that, Halloween seems like a direct lift of this movie. <laughs> I thought right. the opening music felt off to me. I loved it, but it was like right. ghostly. Didn't it feel like you were watching like a an old black and white ghost film? Most of the music in this feels like a bad stock stock music. Maybe uh, that, maybe that's part. it. I I yeah. thought like that that's what it, the feeling was. I'm like, oh, I'm about to watch a ghost film. It didn't fit. When there was a fire, when you see a fire and, and the drapes are burning, the curtains, whatever, and, yeah. and you see it and they're playing this music, that music just didn't seem to fit. It sounded like Rear Widow. She's like, what the fuck is this? It doesn't match the theme. Now, between the opening with Halloween and later on, don't tell me that that guy didn't look like fucking Freddy. Oh, that my God. That guy looked like Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw, I thought. Oh. It looked like Freddy to me. The and a combination. And the face. This movie wow. is this movie is bad shit, but it's bad shit in you've got to see it. Right, it's, everybody's got to watch this. It's all red herrings. <laughs> yeah, it's all red herrings, and it does keep you guessing. Although, however, when I did see the Freddy knockoff guy, 
Or no, he, he's not the Freddy knockoff because he came first. When I did see him, I thought he looked just like another character from the film, and it was confusing. I'm like, how come he looks just like him? It doesn't make sense. What character? Then when we get the reveal, you see why. But I'm, I'm watching it with my wife. I'm like, look, that's him. And I don't want to say the name because I think that people should watch the film, and it's better to not know what yeah, this one. Yeah, this one you I don't want to. This one I don't want to spoil because it, even though some of the twists I saw coming and I predicted pretty much right away, and because I think of most, what you look like, is that what you because doing? no, actually that I thought it was someone else. So you thought so that twist you didn't get. Don't tell me you got the very last thing that was said in the movie. Don't tell me you even thought of that. Oh my god, I want to spoil this whole movie. It's so ridiculous that spoiling it I think would make people want to see it more. To be honest. You think so? Yeah, this movie's bad shit crazy. It is bad shit crazy. It is it bad is. shit crazy. I watched it twice because okay. I never, I never saw this before, and I, I've seen Blood and Black Lace, but I never saw Blood and Lace. Yeah, why is this movie even called Blood? It and Lace? makes no it's sense. It's also called The Blood Secret. The Blood Secret that makes a little bit more sense. sense. Yeah, it that does make, make more, more sense. More sense. <laughs> yeah. So wait, the thing that happened at the end with I was the first person that your mother made. No, I didn't know that. Oh, I absolutely knew that. What the oh, fuck? No, I didn't know I that. I knew that instantly. I did not know the big reveal after that. Before no, that. that's the very last one. Yeah, before that, sorry. <laughs> Prosthetic mask and who it was? That was the easy thing, because the way he moved and the shape of his face, no, he looked just he, like him. So he looked like, like Walter also. He looked like Walter also. My wife thought it was another orphan that was stuck in the basement. She goes, oh, that's another orphan that's been there for years. That's why he's fighting back. It looked uh, like Walter, the stocky, the, the built guy from the it, orphanage. It didn't look like anybody. It looked like just some guy that was hunched over wearing a bad burn mask, and I thought that it was the guy from the beginning that was burned. I think that's what it you're supposed Cropsey. to think. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay, so the beginning guy, the, the mom. What you find out is the mom gets killed, and then the lover gets killed. And the lover's kind of alive as the burning inferno comes, and then Ellie wakes up from that dream. So is that not the worst kill ever, though? It's just it badly so edited. Bad. Well, how come did they? Why didn't they put any sound or anything to it? It was like hard. I, I thought it was terrible. It was stylistic. Oh, I didn't mind it. It was at all. stylish, but it wasn't. Again, it wasn't edited right with the sound. Oh, it was something. not edited, it, but it was like silent. Who cares? Because then you get to Ellie, and Ellie is hot. Yeah. I think Ellie's hot. <laughs> Ellie's nice, but Bunch is a fucking goddess. Oh, yeah, of course God. Dave likes Bunch. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love so all these orphans. These orphans are like all like 20-something. Right, <laughs> and they all go to an orphanage. I'm 21. Yeah, I'm almost 21. Right. I go, what the fuck are you doing there? <laughs> 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 Trying to bang these girls, like yes. Yeah. Well, he's had That's hundreds. I'm suspicious of Walter because I'm like, he's 21. He's still in an orphanage. I'm like, something's going on. He keeps running to Mrs. Deer every time something's Mrs. wrong. Mrs. Deer was hot, too. Oh, I agree. She yeah, she kept motherfucking saying, "Oh, yeah. I was beautiful once, and now I look like shit." And I'm no, not young. And I'm like, no. And that scene, she looks gorgeous. What she's saying, she I'm like, "She, you still look hot, honey." Uncle Leo still look good. <laughs> Uncle yeah. Leo look good. Yeah, Mel look good. They all. Jerry, look- hello. Before we even get, before we even get to the orphanage. <laughs> There's that whole scene with the doctor, some fucking amazing lines in this movie. And one of them is from the doctor yeah. in the hospital going, no one knows who your father is. Your mother knew, but she's dead. Right. <laughs> he was so, yeah. he was so You're an orphan now. That's what he says. You're an orphan now. You got to go to there. Yeah. And why was that woman so mad at her? Just because she had a, a dream and she screamed? The nurse came in and says, we got to get this girl out of here. <laughs> I know. Why? What is she, she doing? Because she, she had a nightmare? Yeah, she was screaming <laughs> in the hospital. It's a quiet zone. What a fucking bedside manner on her. What the fuck? Get her out of here. And how much of a slut was her mom? It sounds like in this movie, what she boned everybody in town. 
that's, yeah, she, that's <laughs> the impression. That's what happened. And then she became a hooker. So she banged everybody for free for a while, and then she turned professional, they said. Because that's what, that's what Mel said at the bar when he was talking to uh, the doctor. What's his name? Mr. Mullins. He said, well, I saw her before, uh, you know, before she became professional. I was like, what? So yeah, and right when he said that, I, I knew where that was going. I could buy that. I could buy that. But you I didn't did. realize that was him? when the, He looked 100% identical to him with a mask on. I said, why does it look like him? This doesn't make any sense. I'm like, is that a mask or is it not? Oh I was like, and why would it be him? Is that a mask or is it I was like, no, why is this character even in the movie? Because there's no point for it to happen. There really is no point for Freddy, burnt, hunched guy, holding a hammer, stalking around to even be introduced in this movie at all. Well, that's yeah. what makes it a proto slasher. You get, you know, the POV. You get a masked killer. <laughs> that is true, but there's no yes. point because otherwise the beginning would be the only thing that uh, keeps it going. Because then otherwise it becomes like funeral home or something like that. Because it's just like a creepy orphanage that does some wacky ass shit. Yeah, but there's a reason for him because the guy even said the guy probably survives. Who's going to come after you now? So she is the victim, and this guy's coming after her. So I think that makes perfect sense that he shows up. What he does doesn't make sense. No, but he solves it right away because he even says, I, I have some ideas when he goes to see her. He knows. It, he knows. It's so crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't really play out. Like, if you really think about it, when I watch this again, I'm like, there's absolutely no point for this <laughs> at all. <laughs> there's really no point for this. But – we we've jumping all over the place, which is what we do. She leaves the hospital on foot, only to and it's another weird, oh, yeah. weirdly filmed scene where she starts, yeah, and then like the car is chasing her, and it becomes a car chase scene, and then it's like, why are you chasing me? Why did you run? And stuff like it was just a weird thing, and that's when we get introduced to Callan Carruthers, who, if you watch the movie again, freeze frame it, or just look at it, looks like Andrew Dice Clay in certain scenes. Take away the hair, and it's, like, he looks like his face, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, Mel. In that, in that earlier, in some of those shots. <laughs> That's great. Another dead giveaway is, you know, when he's like, I knew you from when you were a child. Remember, you used to come to the theater I run? I'm like, he used to run a theater. Did, yeah, Dave, go to the, he... did Dave go to the show and see, and see Carruthers there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're throwing this stuff in there because it's going to play into something later. Well, he's, yeah, right. he's, he comes back too many times uh, just to have like a little interest in what Ellie's doing and I did like when he asked her, you know, did you see, did you see the guy's face? And she's like, yeah, ugly face, kind of, kind of like yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was yeah, a real wisecracker. Yeah. Her best line of the movie is when uh, Mrs. Deer says, "Ellie, this is Tom Crudge, our handyman. He looks handy, all right." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best line was right after that when he went, "Ellie, hello." <laughs> <laughs> Yellow. I'm over. He tells the one kid, "You'll never eat again." <laughs> when yeah. he's the fuck. Yeah. Go back upstairs. You'll never eat again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pete. That was um. What's his name? Uh, Dennis Christopher, who was in Fade to Black. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, that wow. was his. This was his film debut. Hey, we we're jumping all over the place. We, when we first cut to the orphanage, Deer Lodge had just been talked about. Suddenly, we slam cut to it, and this kid's trying to escape. And that's when we get introduced to Tom Crunch, and it's a big chase scene with all that oh, stock yeah. lounge music kicking up. It sounds like you know what I, I said. It sounds like swashbuckler music. <laughs> it sounds like if, it sounds like stock fight scene music, and that's the chase music. And he chases him by grabbing a fucking meat cleaver, running after him. The guy is in a white shirt and hides <laughs> behind a tree that's like thinner than him, and he's just hiding. <laughs> but like he's not gonna find me here, which he sees him immediately, and then. 
The guy's hugging the tree, so he throws the cleaver at him and chops his hand off in one oh fell swoop. I started laughing at that scene because I was like, he was not intending to chop his hand off, I don't think. Well, he, he no, almost he goes like, whoa. So what are and you then he loses him under a little bush. He crawls under a bush and he can't find him. The shift to that scene is so what the fuck that it takes yeah. you right out of the movie. Because you're like, what, what is going on here? And then, of course, then you get sort of a payoff in the sense of what's going on. But it's... It's such a fish-out-of-water sequence. Like, I loved it because it's, like I said, and I'm continually saying, batshit crazy. Oh, it's nuts. And, and Mrs. Deer is absolutely crazy. I mean, she's keeping, she's keeping her husband on, on ice. <laughs> who hasn't, or as who I, hasn't decomposed at all? As, or as I call it, Jameson on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and how do we know it's a freezer? Because when they open the door, there's a blue light inside, so it must be cold. Yeah, Mr. Collins <laughs> comes to check the infirmary. Everybody's frozen, stiff, blue as can be, and he looks in. He's like, "Oh, poor kids." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a cold. Oh, I don't want to go in there and look at him. I might catch cold. Okay, all right. <laughs> so but Mrs. Deer, Mrs. Deer doesn't think they're dead. She does talk to them as if she thinks they're alive still. Yeah, she's not. She's That's dead. the problem she's... with the film is that that part is not explained. Like she says they, one thing yeah. about life and death. She goes, "They're dead." She goes. Well, they're not dead, but they're they're not they're not alive, but they're not dead either. So we kind of get the gist that she's freezing these people. These kids try to run run away from the orphanage, plus her her husband who's passed. She's taking these people, freezing them. Then sometimes we see them later, and there's like a cut in their neck, and some blood's coming out. But why? What is? Because Tom's been throwing cleavers around. <laughs> the, the cold slows the blood, but it doesn't make any sense. This could have been, this could have played out very similar to Psycho, but it wants to be too many things. It has too many characters. It's jumping all over the place. You get the crazy yeah. handyman. You get the, it could have been Norma, Mrs. Deer, or Norman, Mr. Mrs. Deer. Ellie could have been Marion Crane, and it could have opened with that double murder. She then arrives at this orphanage, and then we figure out all this craziness is happening at the orphanage. And that's why I said I actually would like to see this film remade. You could actually take something out of this ludicrousness and is that a word ludicrous? Take something out of that and make that's something. A ra- that's a new rapper, I believe. Yeah, ludicrousnessnessness. <laughs> I'm more ludicrous than the last. <laughs> the luch. I'm the ludicrousnessness. The luch. The luch. Lucky luch. No. <laughs> yeah, it's him. No, but look at the luch is in the hooch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh fuck! The what movie was that? Funeral Home. Take a movie like Funeral Home and take a movie like Mountaintop Motel Massacre, and that it's similar to this. But those yeah. films explained it better. It didn't have to be as outlandish as they made it because they did. <laughs> they only give us half the story. She's freezing bodies, but does she have a connection to the occult? Is she connected to a scientist, a mad no. scientist? She's just what nuts, and she just thinks at some point she's going to be able to bring them back to life. Cause but just... she makes it sound like it's a matter of fact, like she has the answers, but she never says anything. Yeah, well, that, just... well that, again, like you guys have said, that's the issue, is that there's just yeah. there's too many bad guys. You know, we got her, we got Tom, we got the mass killer who doesn't show up till 51 minutes into the film. I marked it because I'm like, why all of a sudden 51, is there a... <laughs> Because it makes you no call him sense. Freddy Krueger. I was like, why is Grandpa outside? <laughs> but uh, you know, and I get it. They're trying to do it for an ultimate, ultimately, you know, big payoff. Which I, I kind of like the payoff because even when it's revealed, even if you like, like I said, I didn't know. I thought it was someone else under the mask. Wow. When I couldn't believe that. 
even though you knew who it was, once he revealed himself, I thought his solution was going to be different. I thought he knew. I thought he was doing oh, it because he knew. Let's run off together. <laughs> I thought he knew. I thought he was protecting her because of the actual connection to her, not because of his feelings for her. Oh, you thought he was going to come in and, and they were going to overthrow Dottie and, and Tom and say, now we can rule the galaxy as father and son or father and daughter? Yeah. <laughs> well, that might yeah. have been a better ending. And, and, and how does he have full access to the orphanage? He puts a fucking burn mask on and it carries a hammer. It's hunched over. Suddenly he's got total access to everything. He gets to pop in everywhere he wants to go. He's up up in the attic. Yeah. He's up in the attic with Jennifer. What's he doing with her up there? Yeah, poor Jennifer. Not giving her water. No one's giving this kid water. Right? That's a a cruel scene. We're jumping all over to the listeners out there. There's a character who's tied up in the attic and she's just like, I'm so thirsty. I've been here for days. How about the fact that Tom practically rapes Ellie and then two seconds later he's like where's my hammer <laughs> yeah and she acted acting like nothing happened yeah and she acts like she's afraid of the hammer which is interesting considering what's going on here like I think she is unaware of what's happening they play it out like she's completely aware and that she knew all along but why is she having these dreams nightmares I should say and why is she fearful of holding a hammer she fears the hammer so I think it's what suppression suppression and i think it's i think it's so brilliant i think it's brilliant i don't think she's aware that's something i didn't see coming is that the reveal you're talking about that's the reveal i'm talking about which i thought was a great reveal because it's so obvious from the beginning even you thought that was obvious it's obvious when you know when you think back you're like oh oh. well well this was said and then this was said and but but this dream is happening like everything that's happening it's like this is the only logical explanation for it. This movie, it's on Shutter, is it not? I, I had to watch it on oh. YouTube. I had the Blu-ray as well, but for some reason, I thought it was it was on Shutter. I hope it is because I, I want our listeners to watch the film if they haven't. If you go on the B, it says zero on Prime. So usually when it says that, it's either on Prime itself or it's on Shutter if it's a horror movie. So I'll tell you two things that I really enjoyed. I liked as it was playing out is when Attic Girl gets the lock do the old Locarino yeah. on the freezer. Yeah. That was good. And then at that same moment, Ellie runs out and tells everybody, dude from Fade to Black and everybody else, Tom and, or no, that, I guess it was. And they sit there. Pete and Walter, Walter, Pete and Walter, and yeah. says, yep. guys, run. They're trying to kill us. But then they're like, he's like, let's go. And Walter just goes, where, Pete? And they all look like, we don't want to go because this is kind of like home. And I actually kind of like that. At first, like yeah. that, the first time I watched it, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? This is ridiculous. But then I kind of was like, no, I could dig it. They're kind of like, this is where we're, this we're doing our chores. This is all we've got. This is our home. Oh, and and I was actually, driving. yeah, I was like, well, this is kind of like a touching moment in this fucking bizarre movie. Interesting. At first yeah, I was it's, frustrated. It's, I think it, it plays into the theme, even with Ellie, that this is sort of like a heartbreaking film in the sense that these characters are sort of doomed before the film even starts. We're watching a bunch of doomed characters. Really, every character in this film is doomed. Like, so many kids want to run away from this damn place. <laughs> so many kids want to run away, but in the end, you know, they yeah. realize there's, there's nowhere to go. At least here, you know, I mean, yeah, they're being abused and stuff, but they're being fed, they're being <laughs> sheltered, they're being frozen. <laughs> you should be a politician. Ah, they're abused, but I mean, hey, they got fed. Right, this guy. Right. <laughs> they're barely being fed. The guy, the one kid's fucking starving. The guy, he gets Pete, all out of hand. That's Pete. Yeah, yeah he Pete steals a fucking roll. Starving. Starving. I love when he gets bitch slapped for stealing yeah. a roll. You took an extra roll. <laughs> I had that in my notes, too. <laughs> oh, I go, Tom's yeah. such a prick. 
<laughs> if you can beat somebody else up, you'll beat someone up. Uh, I loved, uh, like you guys already mentioned the mask. That was total Scooby-Doo. I thought this predated Scooby-Doo. It didn't predate Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo started in 69. That was so Scooby-Doo-ish. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is. It's Scooby-Doo meets Freddy. You're but right. the mask <laughs> even makes sense to a comment that's made earlier in the film. Correct. And I got that the second time. Yeah. And then I'm so. like, oh, now, now it makes total sense. Like, like, would have why, yeah, why it would even be present in the film. Yeah. So th- there's enough there, even though the film is, I'm not going to say... I don't want to say it's a mess because I still I actually kind of enjoyed it. I did it's a, enjoy it's a, it's a fun film, but it, there is too much. But it, if you focus on each thing and try to dissect each little thing, everything makes sense. It just would have been a even better film had, like Christian said, they focused on maybe one character instead of having three or four bad characters right off the bat. Yeah, there, there are scenes between her and that girl that you love, Dave, the sixteen-year-old. That puts she out. Was 30. In, yeah, she was She's thirty. Really, I know. I know. She was. I real, everybody up. was older. I think she Ellie was, was only twenty-two. Beautiful. They're all beautiful in this oh. movie, to be honest. But there's a whole cat fight scene. They try to get into their relationship. Like you didn't need it in this type of film. And then it shows the yeah. jealousy between the two girls, and they're fighting in the in the bed. That's why I say there, it, there's so much of this craziness. That Don't you, you got, ever you, edit a cat fight? Yeah, you gotta <laughs> you, you, you gotta check the film out. But I'm not coming in excessively high by any means on this movie. I, 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 I tried to rate this as fair as I could. In fact, I created a rating for this. <laughs> Holy shit! I did too. Yeah. Are you going six point seven five? No. <laughs> No, I'm not, but I created a rating for it. I don't know if we're there yet, but I, I have created a rating for it. I don't know what else I have to say. I, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, you know what? Some of the shots in the attic reminded me of Black Christmas. Yes. Right? So another 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 reason this is a proto slasher. Some, some of those shots, things like that. You know, We didn't talk about the, the guy that, that, that's coming over all the time. We talked about Mel, and he's a private investigator. And we talked about, um, you know, the people at the orphanage. We haven't talked about the doctor who's going there and checking up uh, on these orphans. And he knows that people are going missing. And he has a relationship with the woman that runs the place, Dottie. Yeah. And she kind of, you know, pieces him off with a piece of ass. You know what I mean? But eventually he's like, how come so many children are going missing here? What is his name? Mr. Mullins. He's the guy. So he's investigating. So there's a, there's something, you know, something strange afoot at this orphanage. And they're trying to get to the bottom of it. And there's people from the outside and people from the inside trying to figure it out. And it, it makes for an interesting film. It just, it's like you said, when it cuts to that Uncle Leo scene and he throws the freaking thing and cuts <laughs> the guys, it does come out of nowhere. But then it kind of settles down where the mo- the majority of the film takes place at the orphanage. Again, it's batshit. It, 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 it's 10 tons of shit in a five ton bag, you know? <laughs> and that's but, why, that's yeah. why I, I said like, and the music is stock and there's some really bad yeah. filming and editing in certain sequences as well. And then it's almost like they had some great stuff. And then they had some shit and, and yeah. they kept the shit in too. And that's why, I mean, I came in 5.75 out of 10. <laughs> wow. Because um, I didn't want to give it a six. I, I, but I still recommend people check it out. It, it's batshit crazy. You got to see it for that reason. And I might seem low for what I was talking about, but it's, I don't think it's a good film. I think it's an above average film that has some good elements to it, but I couldn't even give it a six out of 10. Whew. See that's weird. I don't think it's a it's necessarily a good film, but I think it's a really fun film. And yeah. I give it a yeah, I I you know, joking around, I was between a six and a half and a seven, but I was, I'm gonna stick with six and a half. That's why I was joking that I was gonna come in six point seven five. But <laughs> Well, you almost did. Shit. You know what? I'm going to. 
I'm coming in at six point. I had it at a seven, but you guys talked me down a little bit, so I'm going with the official rating I created: six point seven five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have it at a six, and I'm like, I just can't do it because I've had so many movies at a six that I think are better than this. But I do want people to check this out. I think I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. I think you'll be like, you'll, you'll howl out loud. That definitely happened twice in this movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bunch is worth a .75 for me. I might have been a six, but you put Bunch in the mix and mm, mud on that girl. And that, and that fucking last reveal that ends the movie. <laughs> it's cool. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And the credits roll right after and she laughs. <laughs> the fucking credits roll. That's good shit. All right, cool. We got through that one quickly. We have two more to do, and I guess before we do them, uh, I'll pimp for one minute, you know, since we don't usually have time to do it on shows like this, but I'll just put our regular stuff out there. If you want to um, email us, uh, explodingheadshorrorpodcast at gmail.com, if you would like to hook us up a little bit with the Patreon, please do. We appreciate every bit of it, and we're doing all we can to uh, put on the best shows we can and to provide the the Patreons whatever they want us to watch. We're going to watch it, and we have lots of good rewards on there. And a big giveaway next week for the Patreon people. Yeah, there you go. Let me give the address to www.patreon.com slash explodingheads. I'm going to put up something new uh, content-wise this week. I'll make a video or something. So we'll have something up there. But we are going to have a giveaway for the Patreon people. So there you go, B. Do that, and then we'll go on to our next two reviews. <laughs> or not. Okay. So we'll talk about it after this review. Let's, let's go over to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sorry. I'm not me tonight. <laughs> Okay, so the giveaway we're talking about is the Proto Slasher giveaway, which I had talked about for Patreon contributors only. And I will do the drawing and announce the winner next week. And the winner will receive his or her choice of two Proto Slashers. We'll, we'll do the drawing and announce the winner on the next show. So if you want to contribute, you're automatically entered. Awesome, great. And don't forget iTunes. Please give us a rating. Give us a review and subscribe to us. Anything you can do for us will be greatly appreciated. And if this is the first time you're listening, well, we're usually like this. So, yeah, this is <laughs> what you see is what you get. I was going to say we're not usually this incompetent, but. No, this, uh, is, this is pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of seriousness and it's a little bit of, you know, idiots here stroking out and fumbling over our fucking our thoughts. So, yeah. Okay. I don't even feel like I'm fumbling. I'm just freezing all night here. I just, it's like I've. <laughs> Lost the ability to speak. <laughs> now I'm stuttering. And <laughs> nice. Well, I hope you listeners are enjoying this. So this, this is part of the show. We're going to get in-depth on some movies, and we're going to, whatever, make asses of ourselves in the meantime. So, yeah, hook us up. Pay us some money on Patreon. Maybe we'll... Uh... <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll get better if you pay Yeah, us. maybe we'll get better. Some of the money's going to go towards... Um, Hooked on you know, phonics. <laughs> Beach yeah. therapy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Little things like that, you know. Rosetta Stone. Medication, you know, d- 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 different things. We're going to get the English version of Rosetta Stone so that we can actually <laughs> fucking finally master this language. Rosetta Stoned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can we talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yes. Now? Let's talk about it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974, directed by Tobe Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace rest in peace toby hooper uh two siblings visit their grandfather's grave in texas along with three of their friends and are attacked by a family of cannibalistic psychopaths that's straight off the b i think that's a fair yeah 
software setup. I mean, what were they actually doing? They were pretty much just out like joyriding. Did they actually have any plans? They were besides... going to the Franklin house. Yeah, they're going to go you check know? out their the, the house that was all decrepit. Yeah, well, they were first going definitely to check out the grave to make sure that Grandpa's grave wasn't one of the ones being robbed. Oh, wait a minute. So they're aware of the grave robbing? Oh, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole there. beginning. It's the whole, like, news story of everything that's going on. The I know and... that, but our, our, our characters, Yeah, Franklin, the characters are aware. Sally that's why they... and company, they're aware of grave robbing? Yeah, that's why they're going, to check okay. up on his grave to make sure I've he's always... Okay, I've only seen the movie a hundred fucking times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, how cool is it, though? That, that that radio thing just plays out for like the first five plus minutes of the movie too. I love it. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. The radio thing. The radio, the radio. You mean the radio? Yeah, the radio. <laughs> that radio thing. That radio thingy. AKA the radio. Before we go any further, did any of you or either of you or any have this on VHS? Oh yeah, of course. So I had it on I did VHS. Not. You didn't yeah. see shit once the halfway mark came through. Like at those nighttime scenes, you barely you see a figment of white and whatever. <laughs> when the laser disc came out, and my buddy Andrew brought it over, we literally sat there just jerking off into the screen because you could start seeing it. It was like seeing the howling as well because the VHS versions were such horrible transfers. Suddenly, you had something that you're like, yes. Well, and yeah. I still have, I still have, I don't have the 4K Blu-ray or anything like that, but I've got my DVD, and boy, does it look good too. And you could just see it in it, everything from start to finish. And in man, the original VHS version, during the night scenes, Franklin gets up and dances. <laughs> <laughs> he can because nobody can see him. <laughs> That's why he's so sweaty. That's why everyone's so sweaty in this dance. He's, oh. he's doing the same tap dance as the detective from Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the money. We're in the money. Why am I doing a visual? Like anybody can see except for you two. I enjoy seeing it. And it's tap. You can't even see my feet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. We're just, we have to assume. Right. <laughs> Fucking Franklin. All right, so oh. I feel like I feel like this film in particular is probably, if not the most argued, definitely one of the most argued. Is it a slasher? Isn't it? And also one of those films where I just see such—I don't want to say mixed reviews in terms of like so many people hating it because it's not that so many people are hating it. It's just that people are either this is one of the greatest films ever, and then there are people like, eh, it's good. I hear you, and that's because of the internet has given everybody a voice. And so you've got, we've got to wade through everybody's opinion. That's just our new reality. We've got to you love it or leave it, whatever. It's an unsettling film, and it's definitely a masterpiece. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And we've always talked about this film. Well, not we, but it's always been talked about about the fact that it's one of the goriest films. Yet there's actually like little to no gore whatsoever. And man, it's so effective how they do that. They show, but more more implied. And yet yeah. I cringe at three moments in this movie and and one of them is the dinner scene the meat hook scene of course oh. and dave you brought one up i think in the 20 best kills and then it's followed up by another one but when that guy runs in and then trips and stumbles and then uh, leatherface yeah. is there oh my god is it just unsettling and then oh. when he when the other character opens up the freezer yeah and, and the girl sort of oh, dead fishes yeah. out of it and the music kicks in the music 
that noise. Because yeah. it's more noise music. It's so disjointed and unsettling and like jo- claws or claws on a, a blackboard, like fingernails on a blackboard kind of like <laughs> it is so effective at just making you not at ease throughout. Uh, and it's film documentary style in a sense. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it even more effective because I know people who have issues with the way it's shot, with the cinematography and, and, and some of the camera shots. But I think the, 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 the rawness and the it's, – it's almost like you're dis, it's disjointing at, at times. It's, it's unsettling in look, in feel, in sound. So it really just it, – it almost makes you like sick. Well, and the movie doesn't let up. There's really no comic no. relief unless you, you unless you consider Franklin's it's <laughs> <laughs> stuff oh, comic please. relief because it does like it's really really. I mean, there's moments where you might relate with the characters, but I'm telling you, like it starts with the grave robbing and with that that camera and the the pictures, and then you see that really unsettling corpse strapped up oh, on the grave man. and then it and then it introduces these characters who are like you know the the lambs of the slaughter you see the cattle in the foreground yeah. and really you just they kind of introduce them as just meat <laughs> yeah, yeah those, those the corpses are, are oh. the stuff of nightmares from when i was a child like that look of corpse like that's that's the stuff like like that's why i talked about how much i love the look of the the zombie on the cover of zombie from back in the day because it had that just horrifying nightmarish look to it but this one, this corpse that you see in the beginning, he's kind of like wet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. yes oh. he's not fully yeah. decomposed yeah. yet. Right. Like the one in Zombie looks like dry, like a mannequin. He's not <laughs> a mannequin. He's mannequin <laughs> He's dry. <laughs> he's a dry corpse. He needs to get on a good moisturizing <laughs> regimen. <Yeah. laughs> Try these maggots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bad worm placement. Bad <laughs> Oh, the, but the, actually, we didn't talk about. It does have one comic relief scene, and that's there's tons right. of comedy. I didn't right. feel like there was tons well, of comedy. Tongue in cheek. Well, there's there's no, the. It, it's like Texas Chainsaw. Well, not Texas Chainsaw Two comedy, but there's there's comedy even with the family, as well. But oh, it, you yeah. got it's a it's a dark sense of humor. It's it, it's yeah. well, and so did Psycho. We never brought it up in Psycho. Psycho's kind of a black comedy too. Like you can. You, you can argue that. Much, Straten was much more subdued in the original than he was in part two. I mean, I love him in part two, don't get me wrong, but he's he's much more subdued in this one. Nubbins is just batshit crazy funny, but the, the blatant comedy is is fucking uh, Franklin getting blown off the hill. Everything about Franklin is fucking comedy. He is, to me, to me now, this doesn't resonate with everybody, but when I watch this film, especially seeing it as many times as I have, I'm doing a lot of laughing the first half hour of this film, and then I'm not laughing again for a while and then I laugh from the time Drayton comes home and sees um you know Hitchhiker until they get to the dinner scene there's like 10 Nothing. minutes of there but yeah there's maybe some amusement amusing parts but it's it's so unsettling, and I, I find it very difficult to look at super close-ups of eyes and stuff. And yeah. this movie cool. fucking has super Sick. close-ups of eyes. And even Sick. as a kid, I had to turn Sick. away from the screen because of the close-ups of the eyes. Yeah, me too. I can't look at eyes. I can't look at close-ups. I can't look at the veins. I get grossed out. I fucking I cannot handle this. I do look away for half of that scene. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Once the dinner scene starts, it's it's sheer terror. But before. And I know we're jumping around, but whatever. I'm talking comedy. That's what we do. The whole shit. Right. And he's like, look what your brother did to the door. All that. <laughs> you damn fool. You ruined the door. All yeah. the shit. Don't you have respect for your home? Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and like, when you look you at the home, you're like, there. really? 
Really? <laughs> the head shades and uh... <laughs> when he's poking her in the truck with the with the with the stick and he's hitting her in the head. What does he call it? He calls her something. Yeah, nap haired idiot. <laughs> Not her. She's calling. Who's, who does he call nap haired idiot? The hitchhiker is the nap haired idiot. It's the oh, person it's, sees. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. That's and what then he kicks him in the here. ass, and you yeah. run. And then later on, the hitchhiker is antagonizing Drayton. He pulls up, and not a lot of people think about this scene. He pulls up, he parks the truck, and the hitchhiker runs over to fucking Drayton's door, the driver's side, and opens it and closes it real quick. He's fucking messing with him. He's all, there's all kinds of antagonizing going on between them, and that shit's funny. But the real comedy is Franklin. The entire Franklin to me is what Shelly from Friday 3 is to other people. A lot of people love Shelly, and I think he's fucking annoying. Now, I'm on the other side of the fence, where a lot of people hate Franklin, and I fucking love him. He cracks me up because that's my kind of comedy. Somebody bugging out, unnecessarily bugging out for no reason, and like, you know, I think that guy did that. I think that guy put a sign on the door. I think I think he's coming after me. And then the guy's <laughs> going back with him. That's fucking funny. And he's like, I even told him your your name and address. <laughs> that shit. I told him where you live. That shit is. He's bugging out the whole time, even at the beginning when he's peeing in the can. And I do bug out every time because I would never put my dick close to that can. I always think about the fucking his cock getting sliced off with that fucking metal. Botulism? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It grosses me out the thought of it. But as soon as that thing drives Tetanus? by... Botulism. <laughs> you're not eating and, it through your dick. Sorry. <laughs> it's sick. No, but when that truck drives by and he rolls down that hill, I immediately burst out laughing because it's Franklin. If it was another person in a wheelchair that I didn't know... There's nothing funny about that. But because knowing that character and how uptight he is and how fucking wound up he is and just bugging out, to see him rolling down that hill, I burst out laughing every time I see the film. And I, I'm laughing at everything that comes out of his mouth. You know, and even later on when he's about to you're, get killed. You're an exception. You're an exception because I don't think a lot of people some people may find some amusement, but I don't think I think you've just seen the movie so many times. I've seen the movie a lot too, and I still find it like I can chuckle and whatever but I still find it so fucking unsettling that the comedy it doesn't lighten the mood enough like it just sort of just builds yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you right. Christian I, I can laugh but it's not a I, it's not it's like not, part two and I'm sorry no, I cut no, you no, off because you're too much I mean, you're about to say that what, you laugh right up to the point where he gets chainsawed. Well, because you're so at that point you're like, shut up, Frank! Like your sister's freaking pushing you through the the woods, and he's got that flashlight and whatever. And that's all you would see. You see a little bit of light in the VHS version. You wouldn't see anything until you saw the close-up of Leatherface coming out. So literally, your black screen went to this big <laughs> shot of Leatherface coming in. Now you see a little bit more, but that still is a crazy-ass scare. And oh, there is some yeah. there is some chainsaw in there. You don't see much, yeah. but it, it, what you're seeing is still unsettling. Carving. I say unsettling quite a bit, but it, that's that's the best way to describe this movie. <laughs> What's it, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it now. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. But he's great. He's like, get back and push down. <laughs> he's fucking barking <laughs> orders to her. He just cracks me up. And like when they pick pick up the hitchhiker, another amazing scene in horror history. I yeah. everything about that. Yes, it's very unsettling. There is no comedy except except at the end when he stabs fucking Franklin. <laughs> yes, it is reaction. <laughs> I can't fucking. I I'm sorry. 
it, that shit, everything with Franklin cracks me up. And then when they get back to the place and that whole shit, come on, Franklin, it's going to be a fun trip. I mean, <laughs> how the fuck, if I have any more fun, I don't think I'll be able to take it. <laughs> and he's going, <laughs> fucking incredible. And then later on when he says he's so depressed when they come down the stairs and they're going to go down the old trail and like, yeah, yeah, we'll see you in about an hour or so. And he's like, yeah, see you in about an hour or so. Oh, he's fucking great. I'm sorry, but this movie appeals to me on that level where I do a lot of We laughing. can tell. Yeah, but there's sheer terror. Yeah, look at this miserable cripple. <laughs> yes, but only because it's him. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. You I know what you're saying. I don't, I don't necessarily agree, but I... Yeah. Oh, there's some it's amusement. There is some amusement, but not to the extent I'm, I'm like, ah! <laughs> no, for him, yes. But that's it. Everything else is terrifying. And we've I'm all not- read, we've read, and people have just recently discussed this. I think it may have been on 22 Shots, but I mean, it was in the documentaries. Like, you really, the set dressing of this movie adds a lot to the movie, and you you really can smell almost what these people are going through. I think it's because of the way, again, I think it was shot in 16 millimeter. Don't quote me on that, but it just adds to that sort of documentary feel and the sweat on everybody. And just, you just feel like you're witnessing something you shouldn't be watching. Right. Yeah. It's like a documentary type feel. Yeah, like, you know? Even though there are some stylized shots within oh, yeah. it's yeah. overall, I'm saying there's that sense of like that documentary feel and, and those encounters with Leatherface. Where uh, that guy trips, boom, shuts that, slams that door. The other girl goes in and she runs, he runs out, grabs her, pulls her back in, puts her on the meat hook. Oh, it's just. That's a great scene. It, yeah. That is just like, you're just frozen. You're like Brandon it, earlier in the show. You're just it's, frozen. It was shot on 16 millimeter, by the way. Okay. I just confirmed that. And don't forget, I think part of the look of the film is also because of the fact that this was not a pleasant experience. I mean, they were working incredibly long hours. It was miserably hot. I mean, they were miserable. The hitchhiker Stunk. even said, it even it quoted as saying he would, you know, he probably would have killed Toby Hooper had he had he met him again. <laughs> I heard they were puking. Yeah. They are puking in between takes. In yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gunnar Anton said he puked fucking when they were in the, because by the time they got to the dinner scene, because they were filming in the daytime, but they had to make it look night. So they had to black out all the windows and they put whatever over the windows. So now you're hot as fuck. And these, these people wore the same clothes every day for like a month because they didn't want to wash them because they were doing a lot of things chronologically. So they didn't want to risk losing it or anything, you know? So they wore the same clothes every day in 90 to a hundred degree heat every day. Then by the time they got to the, apparently it was a 20, was it 27? I think it was a 27 hour shoot. The dinner scene. They did it all one take till they were done. It took them 27 hours. Wow. And they were all in the same clothes. And then they had decorations in there, too. They had a chicken head that yep. you could see right in front of her. And that thing started to rot and stink. So everybody stinks. Gunnar Hansen said, he goes, I goes, I, it's embarrassing. He goes, but, but I stunk the most. He was like, you know, I weigh a couple hundred pounds and I'm wearing this fucking suit every day for months and it's a hundred fucking degrees and we're inside this place and it's dark and, they're, you know, there's lights and they're trying to make it fucking, we're going to be even more hot filming that way. Yeah. Liking out the fucking windows and having lights on and everything. And man, it was a said, grueling thing. They, were they said up. Sally's blood-soaked shirt at the end of the filming was like uh, rock solid. Much like Christian sheets. <laughs> <laughs> they just stand up on their own. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> they capture that. What happens is 
that sort of transcends to the screen and you can see it and you feel it. And some of that energy comes back uh, and is probably what makes the movie or what helps make yeah. the movie so good. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. There are movies before that are like exploitation films. There's other movies like Last House on the Left and shit like that. And, and then there's stuff that followed it that are like slashers. But this movie, like nothing else feels like this movie. Other than a Rob why. Zombie film. Because Rob Zombie, and he, he will be the first to say it, he loved this movie. And there's nothing wrong with that. And he's going for that feeling in his movies. And, right. and that's the feel, and that's the movie that did it. And you're right. I don't, re, I don't really recall. I mean, we talked about Cannibal Holocaust, and, the, and that's a different feeling. But it's that grittiness. Yeah. It's the grittiness even, mixed even, with it. Even Zombies films don't capture that raw grittiness that, that TCM did. Well, because oh, it's no. more, it's it's more stylized. It's more exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, House of a Thousand Corpses is more like Texas Chainsaw Two than than One. You know, maybe because of Bill Mosley's character and he's in both movies. But it's just I don't know. It feels that way to me more than the the only thing that Corpses did is they put a chicken in a fucking cage. <laughs> they they did a couple set pieces similar to Texas yeah. Chainsaw, which were obvious things. But it doesn't feel as much like Texas Chainsaw 1 as it does 2. To me, maybe because of the way the family interacted. I don't know. That's just what I always thought about it. But yeah, he does try it. And it just has a feel that's like unique. It's hard to explain. But the sound design is amazing. The thing, the, the, the sounds they use throughout. There's not a soundtrack. It's just sound. Yeah, it's just yeah. fucking sounds throughout. Such a smart decision. I mean, it, it maybe was because they didn't have any money. So I, like, like I was watching a, a documentary on this. And Toby Hooper was saying that he had this like a... Uh, instrument from africa and it was a string instrument but it also had little symbols on it so he was plucking at it and pulling the strings and doing things with these symbols and smashing it and doing all these different things and taking saw blades and, and, and manipulating them and yeah, just shit like that smart yeah but did you notice and they don't go into this in this movie they've touched upon it in other movies uh i think mostly in the return to texas chinsa massacre the next generation or a return to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But Leatherface, and so you see him in all his glory at the beginning, but then at the dinner scene, he is made up. Yeah. He puts lipstick on and everything else, but yeah. you never see it. It's just, you just see it afterwards because you're like, oh yeah, he's got lipstick and like blue uh, eyeshadow or whatever like that and a wig, I think. And, sure. But they never really talk about it. They never go into into any detail. He's just, he's dressed for dinner type thing. Makes it even more terrifying. <laughs> It's really horrifying. Yeah, he has different masks and different wigs. Yeah, even when he's talking like a little girl, creepy. Oh. The other thing that's unsettling about this ever, uh, ever since I first saw it, upright into this viewing, is we talk about the dinner scene. 15 oh. minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it may be, but it's massive edits, almost like the shower scene in Psycho, like boom, boom, boom. I don't think it was maybe telegraphed quite like the way is in storyboarded that way, but I think he just wanted to show the raw intensity of all. So you get those ultra close-ups, the, the super close-ups of the eye, all in suddenly. But she screams and screams oh. and screams and it's unrelenting and you're just like, yeah. I, and gotta get out, get, something's gotta fucking happen here. And then she gets free and I'm still shaking my hand, like, get out of there, get out of there. I've seen the movie so many fucking times, but you're like, yeah. just run, run. And and still Leatherface comes and then the truck comes and then big I love Black Mama comes or what was his name Black it's written on the side of the truck oh oh you're talking about Black Maria Black Maria thank you yeah. and then he, <laughs> he runs and then he jumps on that truck and Leatherface is still coming up to the 
the the the the truck there. Yeah, it's the just, black Maria just keeps running. The yeah. other way. <laughs> it's like it's feet like, still filming now. <laughs> How about the fact that uh, oh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four stole directly from this film? Hold on, hold on. Let me think about this. Friday Four stole directly from this film. <laughs> it's something I always mention. Gordon. Yep. So wait a minute, because Sally she jumped out the window? She, from the second story, she was so terrified of Leatherface, she gordoned herself. Wait, that's the second story? Oh, that yeah, was the first was story. No, the second time she jumped out the window was the first story. She did it twice in the movie, yeah. jumping out the window. The first time was from the second story. What the fuck are you talking about? She only jumped out the window one time and then she escaped. Twice. What Christian? Because she because the, the twice? because the first time she because the first <laughs> she time runs she runs to the made, gas station, right? Or to the yeah, to the yeah, barbecue? To the get, yeah. She made a mistake there. She made a mistake when she escaped one of the times, in that she was getting away fine. Leatherface was running around the house, but she decides she's going to scream and attract Leatherface. <laughs> Bad okay. move. But yeah, she jumped twice. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm I'm thinking. I thought you were saying it all took place at, at the dinner scene. That and she escaped and then she escaped again. I'm like, wait a minute, what am I fucking? No, no. Okay. And I think this is why people don't like the movie, or some people will argue they don't like the movie. It's unrelenting. It doesn't let up. It's screaming, screaming, screaming. It's not fun for some. No, no. And you're just that's, like, that's and, and so some people are just like, I don't want to see that. I, I I don't like this. But that's exactly why I love it, and why I'll continue to love it. it and that's what makes it a classic as well. No, it's it's definitely earned its place as, as a classic in in horror cinema. And it came out the year I was born. So you it makes it an old, instant classic. You old, wise, cracking prick, you. <laughs> What's Who's that? making those pig noises? Is Leatherface making those pig noises? When they, yeah. Or is there really a pig yeah. in the house? When they come in, it sounds like a real pig, but... Yes, I, it's he, so accurate. <laughs> he really is squealing like a pig. Yes, he actually squealing like a pig. Right, exactly. Yeah, only, that, only, only that's not a horror film. <laughs> Uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. I've never seen it, so I can't say anyway. Uh, you know, you, but you know, you know better. <laughs> oh, I, I also mentioned the cringing. That dinner scene when they cut Sally's finger—so simple. It is more disturbing and, and, and shocking to me than some regular stabs in Friday Thirteenth movies or whatever. Just the slicing sure. of the finger and feeding Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa oh. sucking on her finger is more cringeworthy than the cut. <laughs> Uh, it's fucked up, the whole grandpa thing. And isn't it weird that he looks older in part one than he does in part yeah. two? <laughs> well, he took off that mask that he wore in Blood and Lace. <laughs> <laughs> the Mel Freddy mask? <laughs> Mel Freddy. <laughs> I'll tell you about And there is still great lines throughout the movie. Like, I love one fucking, when when uh, when the hitchhiker finds out that, that it's fucking, that it's Sally. And he, because earlier on in the movie, she says that they're in a hurry. He's, what? He goes, I thought you was in a hurry. He tells her, I love that line, man. And then nonsensical lines, like fucking, when he's talking about grandpa, when Drayton's talking about grandpa, and he goes, oh, grandpa was the greatest. He goes, he starts talking about like the hook and pole gang. He's like, the hook and pole gang. If they could have gotten the, if they if they could have gotten the beeves out of the way quicker, he's I don't know what the fuck he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he said. Yeah, I was I didn't understand yeah. that line. <laughs> no, he could have gotten more if the hook and pole gang would have gotten the beeves out of the way quicker. He, he pulled he pulled sixty in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nonsensical lines, and it just does enough to break up the fucking out of control yeah. shit. You're you're because, just a cook. We do everything. Ah, right. You're <laughs> just a cook. He's like, yeah. Can't take no pleasure in killing. Oh, he's yeah. fucking great, you know. 
Yeah, some things you gotta do don't mean you gotta enjoy them. But that's what adds dimension to this fuck up, fucked up people. (laughs) It adds a little bit more than just like they're bad shit at the table. What's the link? You guys know this, but I'll I'll bring it up trivia. What's the link between Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you said indeed. I'm like indeed what? (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. It is indeed. <laughs> it's gonna be like our sign-off. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to keep going on and on, but I, I appreciate the shots more now than I used to. The the, the sound design, the noise that the, the, that are yeah. making throughout the film. There's just so much going on here. The literal armrests. Oh right, yes. <laughs> that's fucking out of control. That's that's yeah. the black <laughs> comedy. That's the dirt comedy because that's fucking yeah. funny. That's, that's funny, fucking but it's hilarious. Disgusting and naughty. Yeah. I never thought time. about it as being funny. That's the weird thing. It just seemed grotesque to me. Well, it is grotesque, but they're armrests, literally. <laughs> yes. Like it's they're fucking old. hilarious. But you don't <laughs> think of it in like in that context. Maybe someone, but you don't think of it. And yeah. that's where I'm saying the dark comedy comes from because it's there, but you're just it's so intense in the moment that when you're talking about it after, you're like, <laughs> armrests. But you know what? I was gonna say another interesting thing, and I didn't realize it. I didn't think it wasn't i didn't think it was until part two where they actually refer to leatherface as leatherface but they do call him leatherface in this yeah, he calls him that he the hitchhiker him does yep, yep yeah he, he says leatherface help me tie her up right yep yeah well this I movie didn't... was supposed to be called leatherface you know everyone thinks that it was supposed to be called head cheese and that was the first one but the working title for the longest time and the one they were going to put the film out as was actually leatherface and then they ended up going with texas chainsaw massacre and they explained why in the documentary i saw but Leatherface was was really the working title for for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I just didn't know they referred to him in the first film as Leatherface. Yeah, he calls him that. Yeah. yeah. Leatherface. Oh, yeah. and that head cheese story. Ooh. <laughs> oh, he waste nothing. Yeah, he fucking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, and that's no. He... put a lot of people out of work. I love yeah. that whole fucking scene in the van. Is great. Yes, it is. Oh boy, you said it earlier, but I, I gotta like yeah. I talked mostly about the comedy, and I just basically said, you know, a comment about how it's an amazing scene. But the reason why it's amazing, it's so unsettling. When he cuts, that it's almost like believable. You could imagine running into some fucking weirdo like that, picking them up hitchhiking. And <laughs> some guy coming in and then cutting his hand like that. Oh, that's fucking And Franklin is kind of like intrigued and disgusted at the same time. The other guy's like totally... Right disgusted and like scared and then the driver keeps going what did he say and then the driver's like he's like I don't know it's weird to get this guy the fuck out of here that's all I know they should have just bought the photo though yeah just buy the fucking photo you can pay me now yeah that is amazing that's when he said he goes what did he say because he tells me this guy's trying to charge us to sell us a picture that part is great it's a nice picture you can pay me now oh it's fucking great oh it's a little out of focus shut up Franklin and pay the guy right right and Franklin's like you know what does he say and he goes I don't know you gotta have something inside just to be able to do that to yourself he is like impressed he's like you know, he's you just to do that. He says, oh, he's great. And then when he's going, oosh, 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 talking about yeah. him on the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what about that old guy in the beginning? That always spooks me the fuck out. But John Larroquette narrated? <laughs> Who? Did you Did know you that? Got... It was John Larroquette narrated the yeah. thing. That's yeah. like an old trivia piece. Because you just know joint. him from, like. He was paid with a joint. Really? Paid with a joint. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even know that part. That's hilarious. Hey. But never, never seen the film either. Really? Yeah. Now that I didn't know. 
but I think it's amazing. What other film starts that way? That's something else about this movie that was never been done before or since, unless it's a Texas Chainsaw sequel. Who thinks to start a movie that way? It's fucking incredible. Well, the sequel yeah. seems to admit the fact that uh, Black Mania and another truck driver saw Leatherface zipping around with a chainsaw, and Black Mania's yeah. truck has all the marks on it. But that's Black that's, Mania. But that's part two to worry about. Uh, we're talking about a different movie here. For this movie, is it Black Mania or Black Maria? It's Maria. Oh. It's Haunted Mania. Black Mania's running wild. Hey, Black Mania matters. <laughs> Black mania. It's like, a, it's like a movement. Black mania. Yeah. That's why the cops were so were so tense in Texas Chainsaw because black mania was sweeping the nation. I saw you guys laughing. I'm like, what am I saying wrong here? I knew it as soon as I said something. You guys were like, don't the choke up. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, I don't even know what we were talking about. How uh, John in the opening narration and how they, they retconned it in part two. She slipped into catatonia. That fucking thing in part two, you know? Oh, that's fucking great. Let me just look. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Because there's been so much. How about those spiders? Did you ever notice that scene? Did you ever see oh, spiders? Creepy. Yeah. Long leg? Oh, my God. Oh, the, most, and, the most nasty scene in the whole film, I think. Right, and the noises like, that it makes... Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what oh. that, that documentary feel like. You're just I, something. It's just yeah. Right. This, this, this is a oh. nasty film. This really is a nasty film. Yeah, it is, dude. It's fucking awesome. And I'm surprised this didn't make the video nasties list. You know what? It did happen to it though. It, 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 a year after it came out, Actually, the UK they fucking burned it. They wouldn't allow it. This and yeah. that. it was one movie they never allowed. It didn't come out until like I want to say the 80s. But I guess they had a bad regime there. Something was going on, or I don't know. Yeah, but it made the Section 3 list, but it wasn't it's one of bad the original. It's <laughs> a bad hombre. And they cut it off. I'm sorry, Brandon, you said. That's you okay. Saying, yeah. No, it's not. What were you I saying? was probably just going to freeze. <laughs> freeze. <laughs> now, why did the old man say, you guys should stay here a while? You kids don't want to be messing around up there. Do you think he was trying to have them avoid trouble, or he was setting them up? You know what I'm talking about? When they first pull in and Drayton's at the fucking gas station, he says, we oh. don't have any gas. Oh, trouble. Said, trouble. He's, He's trying to like, set come, them up. Come, to, come, come eat with us, and uh, we, we get, we'll get more meat. <laughs> okay, so you think make that it, he, make it easier. <laughs> he planned it from the start. Yeah. The fucking... Okay, all right. I, I was never sure. I always thought for some reason I got the impression that he was trying to keep his other brothers away from them, and he was actually trying to steer them away. He said, you don't want to go messing around that old house with those girls and this and that. I don't know. I just... It's Wait a minute. Little... Wait a minute. Okay. Here's here's where I'm confused, and I might sound a little amateurish, amateurish with TCM here. Is Drayton the father? Nope. I used to think that too, but he's the oldest brother. There's three brothers. He is. Okay, because and there's a power struggle because of it. He's not. That's, that's why, why the, he, that's you're why just a cook. <laughs> exactly. Okay. 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 I wasn't. I wasn't 100 sure. So I used to think it too. So. Yeah. I I still wasn't 100 sure. I've seen these films. Uh, a bunch of times, not as I won't even say a dozen times, maybe like a handful of times. So I'm not as I wasn't as familiar, but again, I, I was a little confused. Yeah, they're all he's always calling grandpa, grandpa, also. And I'm thinking, then, well, maybe right. he's just saying grandpa's and like, boys, go get grandpa. Like, right. they're brothers, and they said, well, where's the mothers? So how come there's no women here? How come there's no female? That's just guys, and that's why they put a fucking the grandma in there just to say that at one time there was a female here. Yeah, even though she's just this fucking rotted thing. <laughs> that's why someone suggested, hey, why don't we put somebody here? And that's why they came up with the grandma idea. 
but yeah. it's just to show that there's breeding here. You know what's what's going on here. It's just these guys. But I'll tell you what. One thing I have to give bring up that nobody talks about, but I always <laughs> that scene of the hitchhiker when he gets thrown out of the fucking thing. It's like the the best five seconds in film when he gets thrown out. And he's just doing it, yes. He's just by himself, holding up that freaking gunny sack or whatever it is, and dancing, but nobody else around. That just shows you how crazy it is. Every time I see it, I burst out laughing. It's just him shaking his head. I didn't realize you were in a Leatherface shirt. (laughs) I told you you just did the dance. Which we can ver- verbally hear or visually. Or yeah, he's shaking his whole hear. camera setup. Yeah. <laughs> his whole uh, mic setup. I know, right? I'm probably breaking half of my shit. I can do the dance. <laughs> and I was doing the, the hitchhiker dance. He was fucking holding that down. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> again. <laughs> like my tap dance earlier. This deserves all the credit it gets. Uh, oh, yeah. Toby Herper's made some great films. This is his best one. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that by far. Yeah. 10 out of 10. I, again, I can't. I can't argue. Ten out of ten. I, I can't come in at a ten out of ten, and I think it's just because of the rewatchability for me. I'm not in a rush to rewatch it again. It's a great film. Don't get me wrong. I just, it's so disturbing though. It really is. And for me to say that, and I've seen some pretty sick shit, but I don't know why this one just makes me uncomfortable. But nine out of ten. Nothing so, wrong with that. So another Hall of Famer. We forgot to announce that. You yeah. know, well. Both this and Psycho are Hall of Famers. Yeah, as I anticipated. Which they deserve to be. (laughs) Yes, of course. This is a horror movie. I I know that sounds weird to say, but what movie should I watch? Like, you know, a lot of people say The Exorcist, The Shining, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a a perfect example. It's not something you can recommend to everybody, but if you want to say, if you want to see an unsettling horror film, start with The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Almost like the purest, rawest horror film there is. If you want to see pure horror, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is pure horror. Yeah, and it really has everything because it has very horrific moments. Yeah, you know, scary shit. It's scary that 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 some people are killed during the daytime. That's yeah. you know, yeah. that the whole thing with the hook and the hammer scene and all that shit right in the middle of the day. day. That's yeah. fucking beautiful. That's scary shit. Beautiful, right? Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> And then later on when she's in there and she stumbles in that room and the chicken's clucking and there's feathers and bones all over the place. Again, the set design, the stuff that they did and the way they had to go get these animal corpses and people corpses and fucking bring them back. And the stuff that they did on on this little budget, they really uh, overachieved in so many ways. It's just uh, it's just a testament. It's just the perfect storm. Everything went at, and it really was a storm because most of the actors didn't get paid shit. They got fucked over with the freaking financing and everything else, and it was a miserable experience for a lot of them. But it's history, and most of them are proud to to be a part of that history. Yeah, and I got to say that Marilyn Burns, even though it's not a slasher per se, and she's not really a final girl, it's kind of like the best screen queen screen queen performance there is. As far as, you know, from the screaming part. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, right. she's screaming for the last 30 minutes of the movie, but it's not I, It's not annoying. It's it's haunting. No, right. It's haunting because it's so genuine. And her face, when she finally hits the road, that facial expression she gives when oh. she's on, like, all fours on the highway. And um, then, of course, then, of course, the look back in the truck. I mean, <sighs> that just that I think that's a combination not only of her acting, but probably of, like, <laughs> what the what the experience was like making this it was she was fucked because they finished the scene right and then she went home and she thought she was done and apparently they did not get the fucking uh, the very last chase 
So yeah. they had to, she took off her clothes that she wore and she was fucking about to burn them, she said. And they called her and they said, you have to come back. So when she came, she said, when, when I came, came back to film that last scene, when you see me laughing in the back of the fucking truck hysterically, that's fucking, that's real. Because that's <laughs> yeah. the way I felt at that moment. Like, holy fuck. Between that and everything that she went through with the dinner scene and the beating from Drayton with the broom. Because yeah. he was trying to take it easy. And Toby was like saying, no, it doesn't look real enough. They tried a rubber one. They tried different things. And nothing looked real. So apparently they were there for hours and he was beating her with this fucking broom. Oh, yeah. and there's something else I had to bring up. I didn't notice this till recently. All the times I've seen this, mostly because of what you said earlier, Christian, about the VHS. I never realized it until recently with Blu-ray that when she is sitting there, and I didn't bring this up either because it's so great, when he comes back with the fucking sack and the rope, that's fucking, oh, that's horror. Yeah. That's fucking scary as fuck because you know what's up, and she knows what's up at that moment. But when she's sitting there waiting for him and he goes away, she looks, this is one scene, where she looks at the meats cooking. At the barbecue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You could see that it's fucking human in there now. You could see, like, almost a piece of a torso hanging there. That's not meat from a beast. That's fucking human. <laughs> That's I know. not meat I'm from always... a beast. <laughs> it was a fat no, but... woman. <laughs> <laughs> it probably yeah, was a, a fat beast, woman. A beast of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you could see it now that that's not a regular shit they're barbecuing. Where in the past, I just took it as regular barbecue. Now, watching it on Blu-ray, you can see that that's not the intent there is that it's not meat, that it's that it's human. I thought yeah. they were just hot links. <laughs> <laughs> Some jerky. Nice. No, I but mean, Marilyn can... Burns. Don't you have you noticed? She doesn't no. get the credit. You're right. I think it's an underrated performance. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people do talk about it. Never. When people talk about Scream Queens, she never comes up. Maybe because it's not technically a slasher and she's not technically a final girl, so she's overlooked. But all the horror movies I've watched, I got to say that I don't think it gets any better than that. So no, They've mentioned Stretch, though, in some of those uh, Scream Queen things. And I think Stretch is great, but I think Merlin Birds is yeah. better. It's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You got all that hysteria, all that unsettlingness, and you got literal arm rests. <laughs> Full head explosion. Let let me ask you something. Oh, when when they get into the truck, she gets into the truck first, and then Black Mania follows. <laughs> how come they just go they immediately? Out. How can they immediately go out the other side versus like driving away? I don't think you get the car truck started, and I, I think he's coming right up, right at him. Right? <laughs> no, I like it. it I, yeah. It's sort of like almost like a comedic. It's a, it's a little bit of break in the uh, in the seriousness there, because then especially when she jumps in the truck and you just see Black Mambo running by, and it's Black it's Mamba hilarious. Now. <laughs> <laughs> when you see Django run by, right? I should have been motherfucking Black Mamba. And he's got the wrench. He's got to throw the wrench. And then that scene when the chainsaw goes in the Leatherface's leg, too. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, he said that burned. He said that was actually like a real scream because it burned like the plate that was under there, the friction. Steel plate? Pa- paper. <laughs> <laughs> when she's running out of the house and Leatherface is chasing her down the road and you see Hitchhiker cutting her up with the fucking oh, thing right behind brutal. Her. Oh, it's brutal. so good. Uh, I, I always think of summer school, though. I don't know why, because that's like the first time I ever saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That and scene, the dance and the, at the end. And he's like, do the dance. Yeah. yeah. Dance, yes. <laughs> I do, too. I always think of summer school. And he even said it. And when they made that movie Summer School, Chainsaw and Dave are, are, are reviewing the movie. And then he says, we're going to watch the 1974 Tobey Hooper classic, The Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah. Even he knew it wasn't Tobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I hope you're not mad. I hope you know it's all. <laughs> Listen to Postmortem Radio, everybody. Yeah, there you another go. Plug. A plug there for them. 
as well. Yeah. Great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. Right. We're the right. Mafia Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the Mafia Brothers. Hey, hey anybody got any antipast? <sighs> so that leaves us one more movie on our Proto Slasher. Night of the Proto Slasher, right? Night of the Proto Slasher. All right, Night of the Proto. N O T P S. All right. <laughs> so that leaves us our final movie. Now, this movie has just been released after being gone for a very long time because it came out in 1975 and it didn't get a release for a long time until uh, about a month ago, month, yeah. month and a half ago on Blu-ray. So it's a movie that's going to be overlooked and a lot of people aren't going to know, but we thought we'd bring it to the table. So, and it's one that you should check out. And how good is it? Well, you're going to find out now. It's a movie from 1975 called The Intruder. Yep, so The Intruder is written, directed, produced, and starring Chris Robinson. <laughs> and... Starring? Oh, wow, you got, you got me there. Yeah, okay. he's... Owner of he's... Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or or the singer from uh, The Black Rose. I got a remedy! Yeah, come on. <laughs> you just wanted to sing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always want to sing. The lust of the lust for gold brings eleven visitors to a remote island retreat, but an unseen, seemingly unstoppable evil follows to stalk them one by one. And the cover makes us look like it's a supernatural slash. Yeah, and even the descriptions, yeah. you know, set it up like it could be supernatural. And I, I think very early on, you get the sense that this is not a supernatural slasher. But yeah, Chris Robinson, who wrote and directed this, also was Reardon. Our main character boy i'll tell you right now i get really confused with the characters and the yeah you know i don't I'm even have a rating because i'm gonna need you guys to help me out yeah I, I i honestly don't have a rating i have a ballpark of where i am but this is an interesting film i'm i'm glad it's it was found and it's been put out mm-hmm. you know is it a great film no no, it's it's got, it's got issues, but it's got issues, especially since you know we're talking about it as a proto slasher. It is written right on the cover box that it is that it's a proto slasher, but this has fourteen kills in it. Yet it seems like there's no blood or no kills at all. Yeah, no, and it definitely is very goreless. Yeah, uh, and it's very much a ten little Indians, and then there uh, then there were none ripoff. It's set up kind of like that. And it feels, yeah, that's yeah, that's the story. Pretty Ten little feels, Indians. Yeah. And it's just mixed in with some batshit dialogue, some batshit fight scenes. Yeah, not as batshit oh, as the other movie, but that, that scene is a fucking kung fu scene. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I have it written in big letters, kung fu battle. It actually what? got an end credit that said... Um, it was directed uh, by uh, Jackie Chan? No, it's... By? I said, well, first of all, the piano sounds like Linus from Peanuts. Charlie Brown <laughs> plucking away at the piano while they're fighting. And at the end of the movie, you get the cherry on the top because it says karate sequences by Grandmaster Warren Siciliano and Corrado Karate. Corrado. <laughs> Corrado Soprano? Yeah, Corrado Soprano. <laughs> Junior? <laughs> no shit, huh? Siciliano, I think, was the actual uh, Warren Siciliano. But it was just, I was like, wow, he actually choreographed that scene. And it looks like it's right out of a 70s kung fu Chuck Norris movie or something like that. Or Yeah, yeah. except the guy that's doing fucking judo chops looks like 
Captain Lou Albano when he played Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Orsati. I thought he was great. Uh, he was... <laughs> not to he mention, and I'm, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, but I don't give a fuck. Not to mention that they both just fall off the rafters and impale themselves on fucking pitchforks <laughs> to die. Well, he, he kicks the one off, but then the other one just he goes, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think he tap danced off the thing. It was a Friday three C. Matter of fact, a lot of stuff in this. Again, this is why this is a proto slasher. It's still seventy five. We get shit that happens in Friday three. We get the funhouse gags that we that we see in Halloween seventy eight with the, the body cup falling from the rafter all of a sudden. You get POV. You get a stalker. I mean, this really is a proto slasher. There are shots, and guys, we're all over the place. And I know we're, we saw the movie, so we're going right for the comedy. But to set it up, Brandon set up the the, the idea of the movie. I'll tell you this. I watched. I had to watch this twice, and the first time, the first time, I said, "Well, here's the main fault of the movie: no one's engaged. The actors are all underplaying their roles. No one seems to enunciate their dialogue at all." I'm like, "There's no character development." Get on with it. They're just like, "Oh, this guy's a bastard," and uh, we're going to spend the night over here. And I think (laughs) we need to find the gold here. And like, why? Why is nobody like acting? I love the opening score though on the boat. The, that score, the first uh, like third, the first third of the movie has a great score, but yeah. then they too fall victim to some bad music choices as well. Yeah. No character development in this film. I thought you talked about how Psycho they didn't need the opening credits telling you the date and the time. This film used that typewriter thing to tell you <laughs> Friday, day one. Yeah, you certainly didn't need that. It did it was right. a total ripoff? It was trying to make it uh, me be more important again, yeah. kind of like stealing the exact thunder from Psycho of what that was trying to achieve and transplanted it to this movie, which it didn't need and at look, all. They, they got big names for this film. They had Mickey Rooney. They had Yvonne DiCarlo. They had, um, what's his name, who played Lurch? Ted, Ted Cassidy? What did they have, the Munsters versus Adams Family? Did they have one from the Munsters and one from Adams Family? <laughs> did they fucking really? Yeah. I thought that was the chick from uh, the Munsters, wasn't it? Which one? I'm sorry. Well, you're no. talking about the blonde girl that was supposed to... Oh, no, screen? you're right. Yvonne DiCarlo yeah. is, it was, was Lily Munster. Yeah, yeah the, you're the right. Brunette. Oh, it was Lily. Yeah. Yeah, she was Lily Munster, and um, oh. Ted Cassidy was um, Lurch. Yes, you're, you're right. But now, Sorry. was it the guy that came at the end? Yeah. The, guy, the, the tall guy? Oh, that oh means, this, is not, this is not a porno, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> was that the guy who came at the end? Yeah, right over Christian's chin. I already People cracked your face. Come. Just 30 seconds. Not even 30 oh, seconds I'm ago. I'm not even listening to you. You were too far away from the mic. You leaned back the crack wise and no one heard you. They heard me just fine there, Cinema Tech. I know not even 10 was in. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. I feel in. horrible. Amazing. Let's just start off by saying there's a reference to my favorite place, Bogata, Colombia. Bogata. <laughs> <laughs> How do I, I can't remember how he pronounced it the first time. Yeah, well, that's where the, the gold came from. Yeah. Ah, the gold. I got, listen, okay, let me just put it out there. I was a little bit confused with the plot, especially the first time, <laughs> but here was, this is my issue. I, I must have been the only one because no one else brought this up. I had trouble with the, the sound here. I, certain characters, I couldn't understand what they were saying. The sound was so bad. I had subtitles. No, it was, it was bad sound design. I think that's yeah. probably why the movie got shelved. I think they just said it, it, it's not it's not up to a professional. Like Mickey Rooney, he was fine. He was, he was shouldn't even been in this movie. It was well, like he, he, was, he was a walk on role. Like an for like he probably filmed that all in like you know an hour. Or they two. just keep cutting back to him driving that fucking yacht. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny with him? Yeah, is Mickey Rooney. I always associate him with Pete's Dragon because when I was a kid, I used to watch Pete's Dragon on HBO all the time, and Mickey Rooney was in Pete's Dragon. And on top of it, a lighthouse was heavily featured in Pete's Dragon. So I found it strange uh, of the Mickey Rooney connection to a lighthouse in this movie. You think it would have been better if he got killed by Pete up in there? <laughs> <laughs> or the dragon? Or the dragon, Elliot. You know, why, why did he go to that lighthouse? He just gets off the boat, hops into his car, yeah, and follow him in his car. I got the shape for that. He drives <laughs> up to the lighthouse something. and goes, hey! And then walks up to the fucking lighthouse and gets killed! And so, he spoiler. Heard he heard something or saw something in the lighthouse. But why did he drive there in the first place? That's where he lives? Maybe. And that <laughs> the hand that grabs him is not anything near the, re- the revelation of the killer. Oh, wait, though. I think there's more than one killer anyway. I think there's... Uh, oh, no, that, that's, that, that's for sure. But Oh, yeah, there's two. But even when you know the revel- <laughs> what the revelation is, it's not anything like that, See, that, okay, that so person. That fucks it up. So that yeah. fucks it up. But listen, Tuttleman, I could only understand 50% of what came out of his mouth. Did you that hear was the my- mistake in the film? Did I see a mistake in the Did film? Did you hear the mistake in the film? No, because I Did couldn't hear... Did he call hear, somebody by the real name? The guy who keeps telling him, shut up, Tuttleman, at one point at one point says, and I wrote it down, shut up, Pepperman. <laughs> Are you serious? It even popped up on the subtitles. Pepperman? Pepperman. <laughs> Fucked up the name, Pepperman. yeah. Pepperman. <laughs> they messed it up. They didn't even fix that. <laughs> but I thought it was funny. It is some Christian would say. Hey, it's Tuttleman. Yeah, Tuttleman, was, he was strange. I couldn't understand half of what he said. And this is the first, like, 15 minutes of the film. They're having this serious, slow dialogue. And I'm like, well, it would be nice if I could know what the hell was going on in the plot. And I could not understand that dude. And the other dude that looked like Alan Alda, I would say about 25% of the time I couldn't hear what he said. He's the director. Oh, that's him? Alan Alda? Chris Robinson? Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Because of that... I had a lot of trouble because it's kind of a convoluted plot. There's gold. They're talking about uh, who's the one guy. Um, it's not even that convoluted. Peterson. They explain everything in the. It's it's pretty straightforward actually. They try they confuse you by not really going into depth with the characters, uh-huh. you know. And they try to make it be supernatural, saying that this this Axel Lubin, who's the one who died, who they're there got... to get his gold, what? that he might died? still be. A... Yeah, Axel. I Lubin thought died. Peterson died, and Axel's the guy that shows up at the end. Then who's the guy that shows up at the end? Lurch. You never know. What? How does he know where the gold is then? You don't know who he is. Oh, are you serious? No, you never know who he is. Peterson's dead. Peterson do. was found. What are you talking about? You you know you, it's it's his her boyfriend, is it not? I, I figured that part out. It was the boyfriend. Thought, yeah, but then, you have no idea who he is or how they, they know they've known each other since kids. So is he another family member? You don't know that. You don't find that out. Well, Peterson shows up dead, and they're speculating it might be Peterson setting them up. Because he wants to keep the gold. Yeah, but I found it interesting that Peterson is found dead outside of like the the dining room scene where they're eating, and then standing it's later, up, standing up and then it's later referenced that Peterson is six foot ten, and then the killers turned out to be seven feet tall. <laughs> it should have been called Land of the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there wasn't really any scares. I'll say there's one effective shot where I forgot her name. She's she's writing something in a book and she's in a room and it's dark and she's illuminated and the lightning illuminates yep. the killer. Oh, yeah. Yep, the stalker Nick, walking outside. Miss Nichols. That was cool. And if yeah. you pause it, you can totally see yeah. who it is. Are you yeah. serious? Oh, 
Yeah. And he's at the window for a second. That scene, effective. Other than that, not one scare. We get Kung Fu later. We get a large body count. But it's the most ridiculous large body count known to man because you don't have anything invested in these characters at all. Because like Brandon said, all the character development is... We know these people in passing at the beginning. The discussion's kind of on the boat as they're coming into the house, and then that's it. Then they're having dinner together, and then people start dying. Yeah, some, fact, of them are, some of them are related to each other. You know, in fact, it, I think it's implied that most of them are related to each other. Yeah. One of them just worked for, for the guy, and he's there as the cook, or as they call him, the maid. You're just a cook. Yeah. <laughs> you broke my glasses. And that one guy, <laughs> that one guy when, when they all split up, and I love this because this is one of those movies where everybody splits up, but they still uh, do stupid things. Like they decide to, uh, people dying one by one, but they still sleep by themselves. Or there's the people dying one by one, they go all splitting up looking for clues, and a, late, a girl stays back to bathe by herself in the house. Who? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But did you know that one guy, he sees that floating jacket in the, in the, the lake? And he walks out. He walks out to get it, and it was some stupid trap that I still don't know how it works. But then the other guy's watching him and laughing, and he and the guy drowns and dies, and then it cuts back, and it's like literally some music is like wow, 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 wow. Like it's not that, but it might as well be that theme. Yeah. Like you're like what? I laughed out loud. Yeah, it's another red herring because Orsati's standing there laughing as he's drowning, and then he's running back to the house. So you're thinking, oh. You know why he's running back to the house. He's going back to look for the gold. Yeah, but then that girl's taking a bath by herself yeah. while everybody's getting knocked off. Like, Well, technically, the other girl's still there, but yeah. ultimately, you know, we find out. Yeah, I even had to write down all the kills, and I wrote them down in order, and there's 14 total, <laughs> yet not one of them is even even memorable in any way. I, I, after yet, effects. We see the yeah, Exactly. It, matter it is of fact, awesome. when the one guy gets killed, Mickey Rooney, we see him start to fall out, and then it cuts away, and then the very next scene, there's a girl dead in bed, cut up. Yeah. Yeah, So you leave a kill. You leave a kill in progress to join another kill after it's happened. I was like, what the fuck kind of cut is that? It was so weird. I thought I missed something. Because didn't we see at least three or four bodies just show up dead, right? Yes. We didn't actually see them get killed. We saw the one hanging from the rafters, the Halloween funhouse kill. We saw the guy show up at the door, the Friday the 13th guy nailed to the door type kill. Fucking elevator. Yeah. Yeah, the elevator. The first time I watched this, I was like, well, this is kind of slow paced. But then I rewatched it. I'm like, no, you know what? It isn't. It's just that those actors, as I mentioned already, they're not engaged. So once you get past that dialogue heavy, which really doesn't reveal other anything other than there was gold, the guy's missing, he might be dead, we don't know, and we want it. And we might have to split it up for him to save on taxes. That's really the setup. Then people start dying. So then the second time I watched it, I'm like, it's not really that slow paced. But not quite as bad shit as Blood and Lace. But there's some bad shit, like that fucking kung fu scene, once again. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's fucking, you're like, what? What is it yeah, doing I, in this movie? I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> it was just so unexpected, and I, it came out of nowhere, and it's the last guy of all. Like I said, the guy looked like Captain Lou playing Mario. Uh, it, the last guy I thought should be chopping people up freaking with judo chops. It just, uh, I don't know. It, it was just weird. It, it, if ever a movie needed a 1.5 speed, it's this one. But not through the whole movie. Just through those scenes you no, were talking about. I watched it on the second time. 1.5 the whole time through. That pace, the dialogue, everything I could hear perfectly. That's... You there you And it's not a long movie to begin with. It's under an hour right. and a half. And, yeah. And I watched the, the second view 
100% on 1.5. Actually, yeah, I lie. View, one one point two five. The second view, I was fast-forwarding through the areas where I knew it was sort of like nothing going on. But it, it does feel a little bit longer. I think the positives for this film, the cinematography looks very good. And like we talked about, this, this score, especially in the first uh, third or half of the film, whatever it was, was pretty good. And then it becomes so goofy batshit that it's it's not good, but it's still mildly entertaining. If they if they maybe cut that kung fu scene down and had some actual <laughs> demises for them and maybe gored up the other kills, this could be something kind of special. But as it yeah. is, it, yeah. it leaves, well, it's, it's, it's a... curious. You, it's curious to check out for yeah. curiosity's sake as why would this shelved and there's some decentness sprinkled here and there. But yeah, sorry, Brandon, you're about to say something else. No, I was gonna say there's even a scene in the beginning with uh, Desaro, who's the guy who drowns in the pond, <laughs> who's you know he's always he's either eating or sleeping. They say. Yeah. And, well, like, uh, what is it with him always eating? Yeah. That was his yeah, character and, development. Yeah. And he's in the kitchen, <laughs> and immediately when he walks into the kitchen, you see this big deli slicer. I'm like, oh, cool, we're gonna get a deli slicer kill. Nope. He just Nothing. walks out going to get a shirt that's in the middle of a pond and yeah. falls under. Fucking bizarre. Been- but the ending, you know, when we get into like the final ten minutes, just insane. Like what? The- I just it tacked on. Almost- I think that whole last part was just tacked on. Like, how can we give this one last punch? And they gave us this most ridiculous. I don't even know if it was cliche at that point. It's a cliche now. It's a trope now. But it was so totally tapped tacked on. The guy easily could have made it back. That could have been the end of the movie. Like whatever. And they just put this one last little. Bizarre well, punch. Forget this. Yeah. Let's let's not pass over the the biggest mistake of the whole film, and that's they had no boat. They had a boat. Yeah. 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 They had no boat. Okay. Yeah. They, had, they got dropped. Me. They got dropped off by Mickey Rooney. They were stuck on the island. Then all of a sudden, he's taking her back on yeah. the boat. Like why I thought did they that. Leave? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's such a huge mistake. Well, wait a minute. Maybe it was that guy's boat that showed up. How did he get there? I guess that's true. The killer. Yeah. No, he was there before. He was there before because the POV the shot happens before they come into the house. Exactly. It's a good yeah. POV shot too, but that's uh, like a lot oh. of the tension is just in that first little bit. And then the movie plays out very bad Agatha Christie because oh, it was done exactly way better. I thought. I yeah. felt like it was a, a Miss Marple episode, only terrible. <laughs> very bad <laughs> Agatha Christie. And I love Agatha Christie. And, well, slasher uh, elements. I mean, at least. Slasher elements. You know, at least they had that going for for 1975. They couldn't use anything for blood at the end? They had to use coffee? Fuck. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that? That like was bizarre. Coffee. Oh, my Lord. Or did he shit himself? I hear you. I hear you. I think he got diarrhea. <laughs> got the shats. And I told you the wacky credit, but also Radio Shack gets a credit for electronics. And Chicken Unlimited gets a credit, too. It's just Chicken for the three credits they have at the end, there's some wacky fucking credits. What is Chicken Unlimited? I, uh, you tell me. Sponsored by Black Mania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. But they said they were 14 hours away on the island location. Yeah. So that guy had to show up. And on he's boat. talking to the mainland like like they're uh, like they're Marines or something. They're giving yeah. them news over. Oh, interesting fact. This one was, you know, I'm like, what? Yeah. What the hell? There was some confusing things. This movie needed uh, some touching up. Some editing and yeah. some because this falls right off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I like that though. It was, it that was, was like kinda... a weekend. At, that was weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> when they had Bernie's on the back. Yeah. It would have been funny so, if, if she started hitting all the uh, 
the buoys or whatever. The metal buoys. Oh, yeah, like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boing! Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Nice. Does it make sense? Or no? Well, there's no, they don't lead you up to anything. They don't just give you a, anything, you just but buy it, makes, it. It, makes, it makes sense, but it's so, but there's no development, so we don't know why. You know what else is weird? These are middle-aged people. Yeah. That, that makes it, when you see it right off the bat and you're anticipating something slashery and you see people that age, right off the bat, you're like, well, okay, they don't do this in slashers. It sets it apart. I mean, there's some younger people, I guess. That, you know, I don't know. They're, they're kind of all all ages, but just unusual to see in this type of film where people are picked off one by one, even if it isn't, you know, picked off one by one in, in the methods we're used to seeing and in the style. I think you're is expecting there... more double crossing, and there really is just maybe one. <laughs> yeah, they give you so many red herrings one after another, and yet the ultimate explanation you couldn't figure out, and that's what I hate about a film like this. If you're going to do it, give us, like, you know, Agatha Christie's, would give you in the end the explanation you could put it all together oh it was right there in front of you whereas here it is sort of right there in front of you but it doesn't make any sense because there's no context to it yeah missed opportunity definitely missed opportunity definitely you know but it's still a proto slasher for a reason and people should still check it out yeah i bought the uh i think it was i'm gonna butcher the i'm gonna butcher this is it garage house pictures i bought it at the convention i went to the the picture quality was good. The audio quality is is not great. So they must have had audio issues, you know, to begin with. But they did have subtitles, luckily. So that's why I was able to make out all these mistakes and all these <laughs> funny things, like when uh, when they find the guy in the shed hanging and just yeah. the guy who eats all the time just goes vampire, just vampire. like that. Doesn't even scream it. He goes vampire. Because no one acts uh, in this movie. Yeah, and some of them only have this movie as their credit. I looked through that too. There's like three people that have a, a laundry list of credits, and then like the rest are like one movie, two movies. Yeah. Mm, really, I like the women. They 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 were all okay. They, they were, were attractive, and they're they were yeah. fifty. I think one of them was fifty years old in this. Yeah, Bob DeCarlo was it. Yeah. Probably the first one that died. The, yeah. the dark haired yeah, lady. I think she was like. First. Yeah, I think she was fifty. Yeah, what was up with the blonde girl trying to hook up with the freaking employee in the beginning? <laughs> Remember that? And they were like in love. She even said, "I love you." And then all of a sudden, she turned on him. And she didn't care when he was gone, remember? Yeah. <laughs> she thought he was a suspect. Yeah, and <laughs> then the other one thought he was a vampire. Vampire. <laughs> the, the movie has issues, as Brandon, you already stated. And we, yeah. I think we all stated. But right. for a curiosity piece, I know I'm repeating myself now. It's still worth seeking out. But yeah. at the end of the day, I didn't come in very... I, I 5.5 out of 10. Wow, that's exactly where I'm coming in. But I, I'm actually glad I bought it. I'm glad I have it. You know, it's, it was lost for all these years and now it's found. <laughs> yes. Five point five. I once was lost and now I'm found. <laughs> now I'm found. Yep. Yeah, five point five for me too. I had six, but the moment we talked about it, uh it, it didn't do anything to Dave, I had six too originally, but we kinda five point five to six seems like a fair rating. Yeah, that that kung fu about... scene alone either is gonna shoot it right up or take it right down for people. Like it's <laughs> it comes out of no you're like what? Yeah, <laughs> and you get that little red riding hood thing at the end, which I thought was going somewhere good, and she was going to be a final girl, and then they completely fucked uh, that up. Too many missed opportunities. Like I said, if they just threw some gore and some inventive kills in here, this could have yep. easily been like a six and a half, seven. Sure. Yep. Or if they had done character development and backstory, made this a two-hour film, this could have been maybe a masterpiece. Yeah. Pushing it a little bit. Maybe little. an eight. I'm saying <laughs> stay away from the slasher elements. 
from the gore elements and go more character development backstory, then then we understand we relate to these characters. How is this? You know, at one point they refer to each other. Hey, second cousin. The only thing. Oh, and that movie's well, called. And then the and then there were none. That's true. <laughs> oh, same thing. It's, but it could have been a um more modern. And then there were none. Yeah, it's tried and true. It's ten little Indians. It, it's been done in plenty of different films. Even though there's like fifteen people. Okay. Yeah, well, fifteen little Indians. <laughs> <laughs> ten yeah. Indians and five cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So that's that. That's it. That we reached the end of our proto slasher show. Good Hope show. you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yep. We had fun. Uh, of course, the movies, two Hall of Famers and two uh, first time watches that were just uh, slightly above average proto slashers. But nevertheless, check them out. I mean, if you're following along with us, you're listening to us talk about slashers for the past year. We're, we're building up to our, our show number fifty and everything else. Check it out, man, and see the evolution of slashers. Oh, we're watching a ton of them, so you guys should be too. You know, as a matter of fact, we'll talk about it all next show. But now might be the time to start making your own predictions for what your top fifty slashers might be, what ours might be. We have some things going on. There's a contest going on with the one. I mean, we're going back a little ways, but we're getting closer to that time. So we're gonna have to start talking about this. Uh, most of our shows right now, we don't usually do this, but we're kind of planned ahead all the way up until the end of the year. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a uh, next show is all about Patreon. We're gonna do Patreon reviews. We're gonna have our guest cracking wise with us. It's gonna be a heavy Patreon show. From there, we're gonna have a um, a franchise review, and then we're gonna have another 2020 show. Show 49 is actually going to be our anniversary show. It's not going to be 50. We decided that 49 is gonna be a party. You know, we don't want to do all that anniversary stuff on our top 50 slasher show, because that's going to be a marathon show. So much is going into it that we want to come on and just, you know, get right into that top 50 slasher stuff. So 49 will be the anniversary. So, and then 51 will be Christmas, holiday, whatever. 52 will be uh, end of the year. And then that takes us right right to the end of our year. So, yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't usually plan ahead this time, this far, but this time we are. Crazy. and we'll see what happens. We might take a little time off at, 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 after the end of the end of the year show, you know, or we'll do solo shows again. We'll see. We're going to go pretty hardcore between now and then. So hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys enjoy the show. So, yeah. And again, giveaway next show. For as little as $3 a month, you can at least be in on, on that stuff and be, you know, be, be a tier one. Just hop in and. Proto prize pack. Yeah. And I'll leave you all with this note. That we brought up Andrew Dice Clay earlier because one of the characters in one of the movies I thought looked like him. And Dice Season 2 is now out. And I think they're probably in Episode 3. I've watched the first episode. Uh, it was good. I wouldn't say it was as good as some of the ones that we, from last season. But it was definitely, it was funny. Enough laugh out loud moments. And definitely looking forward to checking out the rest of Dice Season episode 2. Episode 2 was fantastic. Nice. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, and it's not on this week, and it'll be back with episode three next week. I haven't watched it yet. Wow, Beautiful. I'll tell you what. My heart dropped for a second when you said I thought you were going to say that he passed away. <laughs> Is oh. that weird? That no, I thought he was going to come to the realization that the actor who looks like Dice actually looks nothing like Dice. It looks. I, I Actually, <laughs> what I've done is I took a picture because I knew you were going to fucking open your mouth. I took a picture <laughs> of it, and I'm going to do a, side to side, a side-by-side shot on Facebook when we get closer to this show release. And, Bada boosh. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't be like, do they look alike? Just ask them to identify which one's dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be one from Dice Rules and then the guy from the fucking movie. <laughs> In Grandpa Mask. In Freddy Krueger Mask. Oh, I got pictures of Freddy. I'll put that up too. So yeah. people can see what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah no, no, I mean, yeah. I, you know what? I almost expected to see him skating on an ice pond towards the old woman in curtains. <laughs> right? Did yeah. he look like the male versions of the curtains uh-huh. ice skater? I, I watched that, that recently again, too. That's it's that's a fun slasher. Oh, so it's very underrated. It's on Shutter. It's on Shutter now, by the way. Yeah, but I got Canadian. You know what I love? We're going well, I know guys we just said goodbye, but we're going to talk a little bit more. Well, I I love Okay, so I go down to the states, I try to put my Netflix on. And sometimes it works beautifully, and sometimes it says it, it gets confused and it won't let me access stuff. When I go to Shutter, yeah, fuck you, yeah, probably. <laughs> I put on Shutter, I go down there, and I get the American Shutter. It just says now you're in the states, you get American Shutter. So when I was down there, I got all the the jalos that we were talking about. So I had, uh, oh shit, what did we watch? Uh, torso, torso, blood. torso came on. It was I was like awesome, and and everything else, but. Come back up here, boom, it's back to... I don't understand. I, I said, we brought it up before, I don't understand the jurisdiction, the copyright laws of why you're allowed to stream it literally 30 minutes away from me. Now this weird story I saw on the news makes sense about this Canadian who's been sneaking over the border to watch Giallos. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm just standing at the border at Buffalo. Yeah, he's at Border Patrol with <laughs> one foot on one side. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to get... Never going to give me a camper? Kappa. <laughs> now listen, speaking of Shutter, I finally had enough of it. I canceled my Shutter, uh, that that the, the one I've been watching all this time through my Amazon Prime on PlayStation, and because I got tired of logging in to see movies that I should see, and it says this movie's not available in your area. Then if you go on the website, you can watch it. Now so on I'm the website, are there new original content ones available? The website aren't... is everything. It has everything that you have. There's nothing on the website that isn't on the app one. Okay, uh, now for the PlayStation, it has now, everything that there plus much more. Okay, so what's like what's on the uh, website that's it, that's original content? Is there anything new out? Well, I you know, just, like we, like we had Sweet Sweet Lonely Girl. Is there anything like that? Lake Bo- Lake Bottom. They were oh, there, yeah. of course, because like I said, <laughs> everything that's on there. No, the originals are, are available everywhere, but just. Other movies out, like for example, when we were gonna, we did that movie when I was on Super uh, Mafia Cousins. When we did that show, <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, the case of the Bloody Iris, and uh, Freeze told me that it was on Shutter. So I went up on Shutter and I, I found it and I clicked on it. And I said, "This movie is not available in your area," and that happens sometimes. If Canadian so, Shutter. <laughs> it might have been Canadian Shutter. Maybe it that's because Christian stole your Shutter when he snuck <laughs> over the border. Son of a bitch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, listen. I went over, I said, fuck it, I'm going to go on the, the website. And sure enough, I logged in, and it was all there. So I, I said, you know what, enough of it. I canceled the, the one on Prime, and I signed up for the one on the website. And that's all there is to it. There's just more on there. And anyone that's doing it through the PlayStation, through Prime, just stop what you're doing now and cancel because they'll bullshit you. They bullshitted me. I straight up asked them on, on the Shutter Facebook thing. I said, I heard that there's some titles that aren't available there, that are only available through the website. And they said, no, that's not true. Well, it was bullshit. And I hate to besmirch them because uh, they, they're doing great work. 
But I don't understand what you got, why you guys are having such problems. I, I have it on my computer if I want to log in through the actual website. I've got it on my iPad through the app, and I've got it on my Apple TV on the app, and it's all the same. Huh. Through the what app? What app are you going to? Just Shutter directly. That's what I'm saying. When you have it on PS4, there is no Shutter app. It's You have to go through Prime. And you know how if you go on Prime, uh, they have an HBO station, and they have a Showtime. Yeah. Shutter goes through Prime. So in other words, when I have a list on uh, on Prime, it's my Prime movies and my Shutter movies all on the same list. It's one whole thing of, of, of things that I see for my queue. So Shutter does not have an app for PS4. They have it for Xbox now, thanks to JP. If you ask him, I'll tell you it was him. Yeah. But, I mean, they have it on Xbox now, but they still do not have a Shutter app. You know that goes through the PS4. So weird. This is yeah. You have to go through its own app or the website if you can't if you have no way to get to the app so that's what i did now i have access to everything which which is good but yeah I just, i've been through prime so maybe i'll make the switch yeah do streambox is not available in canada and i didn't like the response and they say they've been working on going to different regions for years so i think i can safely say fuck screenbox in canada anyway yeah dude you don't even need screenbox like i think there was like two movies i wanted on there and they, they're both on shutter now so the only box I want to scream is my wife's. Oh! Oh! Right before you no. reach your ass. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't bleached my ass in a while, to be honest. We'll leave everybody on that note. I'm going to go bleach my ass. See you next time. Peace.